Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So today, we are going to be covering almost all of the commanders in Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate. Uh, unfortunately, as of the time of recording, we still have not yet seen one blue background, one is it commander, and one teamer commander. Uh, but we'll be covering those cards at the beginning of our very next episode, which will focus on all the cards in Commander Legends uh, Baldur's Gate that aren't commanders. Uh, and then later on, after we do our, our main deck cards episode, we're also going to be covering the contents of the Baldur's Gate pre-cons. Um, so look forward to those. But in this episode, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, there is one... Uh, well, there's there's 27 monocolor commanders that choose a background, and more on what that is in a second. There are 25 backgrounds, uh, which are legendary enchantments that can serve as your commander. Uh, there is one commander that is both a, a chooser and a background. <laughs> uh, and then all the combinations of choosers and backgrounds uh, lead to over 727 potential decks. So... Uh, choosers and backgrounds they work kind of similar to partner in that way if you have a commander that can choose a background and you have a background they can both be your commander that's essentially how they work and as a result it's another partner-esque mechanic that leads to very very many options because there's so many different commanders and combinations we're going to try to get through this very quickly when we talk about the commanders that can choose a background we'll just focus on like the few backgrounds that have the most synergy with them uh, and and of course we are going to miss some things, but I will say that it would not have been possible to cover all of these commanders in the the very short turnaround time of spoiler season without the help of friend of the show Alex Whiteclay, uh, who was instrumental in in getting analysis going for all of these many commanders and oh, many combinations. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for your help, Alex. Uh, really appreciate your support on this. This big big set review that we're about to embark on yes uh, buckle up and get some coffee have a nice uh, glass of iced tea ready and uh yeah this is gonna be long we're gonna put um we're gonna put chapter markers in the uh show notes so that if you want to skip to just the backgrounds or the white commanders or whatever uh you'll be able to do that but this yeah this is going to be a lot so alex thank you Again, thank you so much for all the help that you do with the show behind the scenes. All right. uh, But before we jump in, uh, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. We're going to briefly cover the mechanics of the set because a lot of these mechanics get referenced on commanders. Um, so the 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 main one we're we're going to be talking about today uh, is the initiative. So this is a combination of mechanics. Um, yeah, it's so funny. So the initiative kind of works like uh, the monarch from the from the second conspiracy set, uh, and it's essentially this this thing you hold on to. Um, whenever one or more creatures a player controls deal combat damage to you, that player takes the initiative. So like the Monarch, it gets passed around over the course of the game. And whenever you take the initiative and at the beginning of your upkeep, venture into Undercity. Uh, and what that means is if you're in a dungeon, you just move to the next room. If you're not currently in a dungeon, 
then you enter Undercity, and you can have the you can take the initiative even if you already have it. So, uh, Undercity is another dungeon like the the dungeons introduced in um, in Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, and this one is slightly different because. Unlike the other dungeons, it can only be entered when you venture into Undercity. The yeah. the cards that venture from Adventures in the Forgotten Realms will not get you into the Undercity. You got to know the secret path or whatever. Um, and again, and uh, like with Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, I'm going to read out to you something that is very visual. Uh, it it may behoove you to just pull this up for yourself. Um, but Undercity starts at secret entrance, which means you search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand in the shuffle. And then you get the choice between either going to the forge where you put two plus one plus one counters on target creature, or you go to lost well where you scry two. from there. You have the choice of several pathways. Uh, if you go from the forge, you can get to trap target player loses five life. Uh, both forge and lost well lead to the arena, which allows you to go target creature. And then Lost Well can lead you to Stash, which is create a treasure token. All right. Then Trap and Arena lead to the archives where you draw a card. <laughs> arena and Stash lead to the Catacombs where you create a 4-1 black skeleton creature token with Menace. And then both the archives and Catacombs lead to Throne of the Dead 3. And Throne of the Dead 3 allows you to reveal the top 10 cards of your library, put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters on it. It gains Hexproof until your next turn, then Shuffle. <laughs> So, <laughs> woo, <laughs> woo. So, uh, okay. Can you do a, a, some clarification for me and the listener, if, if possible? Um, with the Undercity, if I take the initiative, let's say you take the initiative first and you enter the secret entrance, mm-hmm. and then I take the initiative from you, do I go into my secret entrance or do I pick the Forge or the Lost Well and go into the Forge or the Lost Well? Like, are we going through this dungeon? collaboratively in that sense uh so it is one per person um okay so so i would go into my own secret entrance correct that was the case okay great so yeah everyone's <laughs> kind of finding their own path into the undercity essentially mm-hmm. uh, even though the initiative is shared the undercity is not that is definitely something that i think is the most confusing about this because like monarch makes sense dungeons we've seen them but the monarch dungeon is <laughs> a little bit more going on there. Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, honestly, like you could, you know, it, it could be pretty fun just to have one undercity on the table and then different markers for uh, for each player. Each person, yeah. Yeah. Treat it sort of like a board game. Uh, yeah, but I kind of anyway. like that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, we've got more mechanics to get through. Um I already touched on backgrounds and commanders that choose a background. Um, not too much you need to know there other than the fact that uh, uh, with one exception, all the commanders that choose a background are monocolor. Uh, with one exception, all the command Well, actually, even that exception is kind of uh, a monocolor commander. So all the commanders that choose a background are monocolor. All the backgrounds are monocolor. So you are never going to be able to get more than two colors with a, a chooser and background deck. So keep that in mind. If you want a broader color identity, you're probably going to have to resort to partners or traditional commanders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, in addition to these new mechanics, we have several returning mechanics. Um, so dice rolling is returning from Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Um, 
there are also so there are cards that will have you roll a d20 and then that will may impact the outcome in some way uh there are adventures in the set so adventures from eldraine uh are essentially spells on creatures you can cast the the spell side or actually well i guess they're also on artifacts in this case yeah but you you are able to cast the spell size which which has its own effect and the card goes into exile and then you can cast the permanent side from there um and then finally myriad returns uh myriad is an attack trigger on a creature whenever this creature attacks you make a token copy of it tapped in attacking each other player it's it wasn't attacking so those are our returning mechanics uh, all of these are going to show up on some of the commanders in the set or, or some of the main deck cards. Uh, any quick thoughts on mechanics before we jump into all these commander options? Uh, yeah, just some like light things. So usually when they bring back mechanics, they try to extend how and where it's working. Um, so we uh, kind of like you said, dice rolling is just kind of like a modal spell. Um, which version of the spell do you get this time? The dice are going to tell you. Um, and there, there's not a lot of variance on the dice rolling cards, as you'll see when we get into them in the next episode. I don't really think there's... I don't think there's a card in this episode. There are cards that talk about dice, but they don't do anything with dice. Um, and then Adventures, how they're branching out, is like Nick said, that there are some artifacts, there are some enchantments, there's other permanent types with Adventures now, so your axe might be going on an adventure... And again, that's not something that we're going to necessarily bring up in this episode. There are some legends that talk about adventures, but um, you're not going to see any of these new permanents with adventures this time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think with that, uh, I have convinced Nick to go into backgrounds first. We're going to talk about the backgrounds, but we're not going to talk about them in the context of in the main deck this time. We'll bring up backgrounds that we like in the main deck uh, in the next episode, this time we're just going to talk about them uh, basically as a commander, if you want to think about it that way, as like a partner with your chooser. And we're going to kind of go through them, I don't know, fairly quickly, because like they all are pretty, um, they do what they say. <laughs> They're rather straightforward. Um, so it shouldn't... Uh... shouldn't yeah. be too difficult to figure out where they're going to be useful. Yeah, and... and uh, I think uh, an important thing about the backgrounds is that we're going to bring them up so much in the uh, like choosers portion of the set that I really want to make sure you all know like what we're talking about when we bring up like Flaming Fist. If we keep mentioning like like one of these other like noble heritages or something like that, and you're like, "What is that?" Like you can come back to here. We have a little brief mention of it, and. Um, and it's not super confusing. So, <laughs> so uh, I guess with that said, uh, there's no, I, I don't really think there's like a best way to go about a set review this modular, you know? So do you want to just get into it? Yeah, we'll, we'll start with uh, the first mono white background. This is Far Traveler. So it's two and a white for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have at the beginning of your end step exile up to one target tapped creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Um, so this could be the good basis for like a blink deck. Um, you do have to figure out ways to, or you do have to like attack with your blink targets potentially or find ways to tap them. So things like Springleaf Drum uh, would be useful here. Or if you're in a green colored entity, maybe you you tap them to 
uh, like a Sentinel Hierophant or a Cryptolith Rite, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think you are going to need to way to have ways to get things tapped um, so that you can immediately use them with your Far Traveler. Yeah, I I want to say too, if you're in like a green identity, you can use like Glare of Subdual. If you're in blue, you can use Opposition. Like there there are things that exist out there for you, but it, I I agree that. Um, finding ways to tap your guys that aren't just like getting in the red zone is probably the most important thing if you're going to use this background you can also um run things that just make creatures enter the battlefield tapped i'm thinking of like root maze or something like that oh yeah that's true uh so that's one potential way or actually well not not root maze because that's only artifacts and lands but you get my idea <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> some some kind of like frozen aether but that hits you type yeah. deal yeah some kind of kismet but i'm pretty sure kismet's only your opponents too so maybe we're gonna have to dig a lot deeper <laughs> to find <laughs> find this but yes definitely true because and honestly like the fact that there's drum bellower and there's more cards in the set that we're going to talk about that are in white that untap your creatures mean that i think we're going to get more of these like utility white tappers soon um so it might be hard right now to completely utilize Far Traveler, but I don't think it will be in like a year or two or something like that. I think this is mm-hmm. going to just get better over time. All right. Uh, any other last thoughts or you want to move on to Flaming Fist? Let's yeah, let's move on to Flaming Fist. All right. Flaming Fist is two and a white for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have whenever this creature attacks, it gains double strike until end of turn. Uh. This, Short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, what what archetypes do you think this is going to be good in? Well, you know, if your commander wants to hit somebody, then um, I think you want to run Flaming Fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Voltron um, and just like, um, oh man, I can't remember. The legendary creature have a term for like commanders that you win with your commander. Like... Um, <laughs> like a Ooh, somebody uh, should come up with some language for that no but it's like you don't suit it up like uh dragon lord ojutai you're like i'm playing a game but then i'm gonna hit you with dragon lord ojutai oh sure sure it's like aikido is that what they call it but yeah something like that like that's also good here where you're like i'm playing a game but you're gonna take 10 every turn now <laughs> mm-hmm. um so yeah flaming fist if you're gonna punch somebody it's a pretty good way to do it yeah it seems like a, a great addition for voltron decks it looks a lot like duelist's heritage is a card i've loved mm-hmm. a lot yeah i love um, duelist heritage uh all right let's move on to the next one this is inspiring leader so two and a white for a legendary enchantment background commander creatures you own have creature tokens you control get plus two plus two uh so this is a really solid anthem like i really look for plus two power um when i'm i'm choosing anthems in commander and it, it is, of course, restricted to tokens, but there are lots of, I mean, white X uh, cards that can really support this archetype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. There's You're going to see, too, that there's a lot of commanders in this set that make tokens or deal with tokens. So this uh, is a totally good and fair way to utilize those tokens in a buff that is scaled pretty well for the table. So. Heck yeah, I'm pretty into it. Noble Heritage is next. It is a uh, one in a white legendary enchantment. And it's it's got a lot of text, but it's kind of simple. Commander creatures you own have whenever this creature enters the battlefield and at the beginning of your upkeep, 
Each player may put two plus one plus one counters on a creature they control. For each opponent who does, you gain protection from that player until your next turn. So anyone who takes the bribe can't touch you. (laughs) (laughs) Which actually, like, I I think this is my favorite version of this effect. Like, we've gotten, like, Agitator Ant and um, Orzov Mm -hmm. Advocist and stuff like that that were, like fine and limited and stuff like i definitely in commander legends played orzov advocates to like really good effect um but i don't see them play out well on tables often when we're playing games um this one actually like the fact that they can't even like double cross you (laughs) like they can't kill your creature they can't like attack you at all like they can't do anything it's like such a blanket like protection from that player is like such a huge blanket that mm-hmm. you are protected from that i i think this is actually like a lot more fun like that that's actually an apt reward rather than like you can't attack me this turn <laughs> which is kind of whatever <laughs> yeah yeah it does um it is a pretty huge benefit if they they do take it there is long-term danger because (laughs) you're helping them build a weapon that will eventually come at you Mm -hmm. um but that's not gone definitely i i I do want to say that like the idea that uh they're going to just sit there and let you have protection forever is not true they are eventually going to point the gun your way but um i think the (laughs) like agitator ant being like all right it's goaded and then they're like all right well now i can kill you next turn is like pretty lame i feel like this actually gives you like they can't mess with your stuff if they take the bribe which gives you a lot more leeway to like set up and do things where like just having a creature goaded or a creature can't attack is like you still kind of have to be wary of what the table is doing so this is kind of just the amped up version of those cards if you like those cards if you are not like me and you've had a good time with those cards this is probably going to be great but if you uh don't like those cards i would just skip this one yeah i'm wondering if there's a little bit of play with effects that sort of let your opponents target you um i'm thinking something like a a chain of smog where where like you know it it cannot backfire a card this card that is normally you know going to hit you probably uh can't backfire anymore and yeah, only is, is useful for your opponents to to like hit each other kind of, <laughs> yeah cabal conditioning themselves um anyway just a thought that there's probably uh some some like options there for that kind of play yeah that's fun that's cool all right uh moving on to the last white background it is veteran soldier it's one in the white for a legendary champion background Commander creatures you own have, whenever this creature attacks a player, if no opponent has more life than that player, for each opponent, create a 1-1 white soldier creature token that's tapped and attacking that player. So, uh, just to maybe put this in a frame where it's a little easier to digest, it's sort of like Adeline, uh, but... uh, that But it only is on your commander, so whereas Adeline can trigger off of any creature attacking this only works on your commander and you have to be attacking the player with the most life but Mm -hmm. this is a lot of potential tokens each turn um for a very low cost yeah and this is our last white background and um 
I do think it's really interesting that there's no white backgrounds that cost more than three. If you've been paying attention to the mana costs, like they're all two and three mana, which is pretty cool. Um, and the fact that this comes down really early and you can just kind of start getting in there with your like actual commander pretty quickly, that's pretty cool. Um, you build up an army really fast. Um, this like this kind of pseudo dethrone, because dethrone, if you had more life, it didn't work. So this is kind of like a fixed dethrone with you are attacking the opponent with the most life. It just like reads really poorly. <laughs> so if if you're okay with it, if the listeners are okay with it, I might like call it some version of that when we're going through it. Should do you think I should just read it off every time? Uh let's say like let's call it a dethrone attack trigger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, or like dethrone 2.0 or something. Mm-hmm. like okay that's good yeah because that way like the, the honestly i feel like listening if you're listening at home right now that makes more sense than like having the wall of text <laughs> thrown at you if you can't see it so we're gonna try and do that and just make it as clear as possible if you are driving or you are not near a computer or something like that so um do you want to move on to the blue commanders or sorry, the blue backgrounds. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up yet. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. So this next one is Dungeon Delver. It is one in the blue for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have room abilities of dungeons you own trigger an additional time. So this is another pretty narrow one. There are several commanders, um, or rather several choosers, that reference the initiative. Uh, so that's probably where this is going to end up unless you want to build some sort of um some sort of chooser and background deck that uses a lot more of the the venture cards from afr but i think that for the most part this is mostly a background for those initiative commanders Mm -hmm. yeah i really don't have much to say about it i think it does what it says and you get what you pay for um and Mm -hmm. and to be fair paying two for that this is pretty good so uh yeah just put it in your your command zone have a blast um, this next one is Feywild Visitor. This is a three mana background, two and a blue, and it says commander creatures you own have whenever one or more non-token creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, you create a 1-1 blue fairy dragon creature token with flying. Um, so you only get you only get one when you hit somebody, but um, it's still free fairy dragons, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Relevant creature type, being a dragon, flyer, like one on flyers can do a lot. So I would say it's good. I would say it's fine. Yeah, I'm pretty into this. Into this. Um, I think it's a, a solid background. Just if you're running a chooser and you, your deck is sort of leaning in a direction where you're trying to be aggro, this seems like a great um, combination for it. Mm-hmm. And, and to be clear, you could get like four-player game you could get three a turn if you're hitting everybody yes so as long as you're able to hit everybody that's yeah it's a good good amount of tokens all right and next is shameless charlatan it is one in a blue for a legendary enchantment background commander creatures you own have two in a blue this creature becomes a copy of another target creature um i don't know what to do with this what do you want to do with this i don't really have a clue either um we've we have seen all of the choosers at this point, and I don't fully understand where it's supposed to go or who you're supposed to partner with. Yeah, I 
like I guess it's like if you want to do funny things in blue because what it does is it completely changes the commander to whatever target you picked. But because Shameless Charlatan is the enchantment giving your commander this ability, your commander will still have this ability. So you no longer have like whatever your commander is, Lord Barrington or whatever his name is, like he is now uh a five five worm or something, mm-hmm. but like <laughs> what, what why would what would I want that? I don't I don't really know. My guess is that like if you're running a if you're running a chooser just for its color, then mm-hmm. this could make it into something that's actually useful. Although like that's so strange because like you know, you're running shameless charlatan because because your chooser is a blank, like I feel like you should just pick <laughs> good a good chooser and a good background instead of wasting your background slot because you wasted your chooser slot. Is, do you think this is for like you first pick Shameless Charlatan, you never pick a good chooser, you're running Faceless One, and now like, yeah, you don't there care. you go, yeah. That, so that's that's more for limited than actual commander where you can set up before the game starts but yeah uh, kind of weird what a weird one all right well moving on to the last of the known blue backgrounds we still have one in our in our next episode yes. but so- sword coast sailor is one in the blue for a legendary enchantment background commander creatures you own have whenever this creature attacks a player if no opponent has more life than that player this creature can't be blocked this turn uh, so it's a way to give your commander evasion. Um, mm-hmm. Where, uh, what what combinations do you think is good? What kind of decks do you think is going to be good? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, if you're trying to punch and you didn't want to punch with Flaming Fist, you can always be a Sword Coast Sailor and <laughs> get in there. Um, there's a decent amount of choosers with like combat or combat damage triggers, um, so that'll help them. Um, it's not i don't know this isn't bad i think uh incentivizing like this kind of dethrone 2.0 type deal is like leads to a lot less feel bads at the table that's been my experience with like conspiracy and stuff like that is like Mm -hmm. usually people are like oh man i guess you know like they're they're begrudgingly okay with getting attacked because they have the most life um so yeah, I think it's fine. I think this one may be intended to be paired with a lot of the red choosers. Um because mm. without I'm not gonna read them off fully right now, but Amber Gristle, um Gut, uh both of those have attract triggers. Carlac um also has something that triggers off of attacking. I think that that's probably where this is supposed to go. Um and then there is like um I, I think that's maybe what this is intended to do yeah yeah that's that's a good guess (laughs) i mean Mm -hmm. i think i think that's totally fine and and again like it's adding blue to your color identity so if you're playing a commander and you need blue and you don't really want to play with shameless charlatan or something Mm -hmm. like this might give you a little bit more value for whatever you're trying to do all right uh next we have the first of the black backgrounds this is agent of the iron throne Two and a black for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have whenever an artifact or creature you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, each opponent loses one life. Um, so what 
deck do you think this is intended <laughs> for? What kind of archetype? Yeah, you know, if you have ever wanted to build your own aristocrats list, well, congrats. You now get to do that. Whatever colors you want, as long as it's black. Black green, blue black, white black, like red black. Here it is. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all here. Y'all all you needed was Agent of the Iron Throne and whatever chooser <laughs> suits your fancy. So uh I like this a lot. I this is like a lot of these backgrounds ended up being a lot of what I really wished partners have always been. And what partners were, to be fair, in Commander Legends too, were like very specific um archetypes that you can build into and then add a color to like suit your needs. Mm-hmm. Um that's exactly what this is. That's exactly what a lot of these backgrounds are. Really love it. Really like this kind of design. Like you, you know when you want to play Agent of the Iron Throne, and it lets you do what you need to make that work. Yeah, and there's lots of good synergy with the choosers. There are several that are sacrifice outlets. Um, there's one in particular that we'll we'll be talking about Agent of the Iron Throne. Mm, that will will bring up Agent of the Iron Throne again with. Um, because it's actually a combo piece in that deck. So stay tuned mm-hmm. for that. Um, all right, uh, next we have Agent of the Shadow Thieves. This is one in a black for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have, whenever this creature attacks a player, if no opponent has more life than that player, so the dethrone attack trigger, put a plus one plus one counter on this creature. It gains death touch and indestructible until end of turn. So uh, this sort of provides two really useful things to a deck that might not otherwise uh well might not otherwise care about this type of card so so, Mm -hmm. uh because it's granting indestructible and it's giving you access to a black color identity you're gonna have wraths uh and you're gonna have a way to make sure your commander survives a wrath so that could be really really good um yeah, absolutely. Just like clear the board of everything except your commander. If that is the capability that you want, then Agent of the Shadow Thieves provides that. Mm-hmm. And and cheap. It's again, it's two mana. Like you can get this moving really quickly, even if you don't have specifically damnation in your deck. Like there's been a decent amount of black board wipes at five or six. So you can like play this pretty low, play your commander at three or four. I don't know what what's what's the dragons or not dragons one. I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, uh, crux of fate. Yeah, you, and then you can crux of fate like attack crux of fate. Your guy's bigger. He survived. Everyone has to deal with it. Like that seems really good. So I'm a huge fan of indestructible commanders and the fact that this makes whoever you want indestructible. That kind of rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next we have criminal past. This is two and a black for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have Menace, and this creature gets plus X plus O, where X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard. What do you think this is for? What do you think this is going to do for you? Yeah, this one in particular, you know, you could um, get Voltron with them, you know? (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be a lot of those because Limited needs to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one definitely... Uh, the fact that your commander now has menace and gets pretty big if you milled yourself, um, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, there are several choosers that appear to be geared toward a limited archetype where you mill yourself. Um, there's one that 
requires you to have four creatures in graveyard at, or at least four creatures in graveyard to do its thing. Uh, there's another, um, I think there's another that, that cares about your graveyard. So that's probably the, the type of thing you want to pair this with. Or if you just want to have a self mill component anyway, um, this could be a good win condition for you. Can I read off this next one? Go for it. Yeah, this next one is pretty wild. It is Cultist of the Absolute, and it is a single black mana, just one black pip for uh, your background. It says commander creatures you own get plus three, plus three, have flying, death touch, ward, pay three life, and at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice a creature. So just for one mana, you massively pump up your commander. for a price (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's this sort of in a way this makes me this reminds me of agent of the shadow thieves in that it's like the the text of the card provides one half of a synergy and the color identity sort of provides the other like you because it has a black color identity you are going to be able to to run little goonies like your blood gas or whatever to sort of pay this this ongoing cost um and then so really it's it's just like a very efficient buff and evasion for your commander so it seems like a neat card definitely i think necessitates a lot of sack outlet or or a deck that in, just incidentally is going to have a lot of tokens or something yeah and and the fact that again this is a background means that you could put this into like a chooser's deck that uh makes tokens as you'll see there's a decent amount of them um or like a deck that like incentivizes having other creatures around or maybe having some goonies like the uh, reassembling skeletons blood gas and stuff like that so i don't think it'll be too much of a challenge to do this if this is what you want but you will have to build around it which uh is a good thing (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what makes commander fun so i think this is really cool um very into it and like what a fun like enchantment just don't get caught with your pants down (laughs) or you're gonna just sack that commander all day yep all right let's see next we have scion of halister this is one in a black commander creatures you own have the first time you would draw a card each turn instead look at the top two cards of your library put one of them into your graveyard and the other back on top of your library then draw a card so this uh is seems like more like generically useful yeah absolutely um it offers you card selection um it fills your graveyard if you happen to have synergies with that um but even just making it so that you're always drawing the best of the top two at least the first time each turn uh that that seems like solid just yeah most decks are going to be happy with that and it offers you a good color in your identity Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really cool like this seems like a pretty good like background for a controlly deck if you have like looters that you can use on other people's turn if you have instants that draw cards on other people's turns cycling um, yeah then cycling exactly then this ends up generating just a ton of value for you so yeah I'm, I'm into this i think this is like a really interesting like like kind of boring on the surface but plays really well black background and um is the last black background we get today Mm -hmm. so you want to get into these red ones sure uh let's start with dragon cultist so four and a red for legendary champion background 
Commander creatures you own have, at the beginning of your end step, if a source you controlled dealt five or more damage this turn, create a 4-4 red dragon creature token with flying. So, uh, this is this is interesting. It's one of the most expensive backgrounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is kind of one you're you're clearly intended to play after you've dropped your commander and have some sort of board presence. Um, probably this is going to be the kind of thing that you want to pair with a commander that naturally has a lot of power or can pump itself. There is one. There is one of these choosers that uh, is able to pump buff creatures when you cast non-creature spells so you can play that then play this and you'll have enough power to trigger it there i don't know if i love this well this could also work well in a dragon tribal list of course Um, a lot of your dragons are going to have enough power to trigger it uh, and then the reward is something that you're going to be able to do something with Uh, what do you think about dragon cultists yeah i think it is cool i think the fact that it doesn't have to be like one hit means that you can play it in decks that maybe are a little bit more spell slingery. Um, so like red decks that deal like one to two per spell cast or like you hit them with a bunch of tokens. Um, doesn't seem like terribly difficult to get it off, but it also you do need some kind of setup because dealing five in a turn is like, you know, still an eighth of someone's <laughs> health so like it it's they don't make it easy necessarily so i I think this is a cool build around and i'm like interested to see how often any of these choosers can make it work but um yeah i don't know it's it's the fact that it's five is like whoa whoa (laughs) so all right, so this next one we have is Guild's Artificer. It's a one in a red for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have, whenever this creature attacks a player, if no opponent has more life than that player, create two treasure tokens. Um, so I see this as more of a gen- generally useful this one, or a generally useful one. Uh, if you have a cheap commander um, who's able to get in pretty easily, then I think and you want access to a red color identity, I think you're going to default to this if you don't have another, if there's no other background that like specifically enables what you're trying to do. No, I completely agree with that. Also, like two treasure tokens is like good ramp, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if you have a, a commander who can get into the red zone like safely or easily or whatever, like that's almost like getting a land into play every turn you know like that mm-hmm. you could either build this up for one big turn but two treasures a turn is like nothing to scoff at that's that's pretty good so uh yeah i think this is just generically pretty good yeah and i will say that there is one green commander one green chooser that specifically rewards you for tokens and so we'll discuss guild artificer a little bit more there um all right, and next we have Passionate Archaeologist, which is one in a red for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have, whenever you cast a spell from exile, this creature deals damage equal to that spell's mana value to target opponent. Uh, that's a that's an odd one. Um, can you think of a chooser that would want this or a type of deck that would be interested in this? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is really strange. Um, I mean, there's definitely not choosers that want this effect. Like, this is a pretty good effect in certain not chooser decks. We'll get to that later. Like, as far as choosers go, like, um, I don't know. I think maybe if we get into them, we can bring this up again. But, like, this is so specific, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think the closest thing to, like, a synergistic chooser would maybe be Val Candlekeep Researcher, uh, who adds mana for, for for spells that aren't cast from your hand. Um, but we'll get more into that later. It's still an odd, an odd one, because, like, I, I mean... I guess it's a good thing overall that the backgrounds are so specific, but yeah, there's so few options to pair this with. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I do like that it gives you a way to make a lot of the impulse draw like good because there's Mm -hmm. more impulse draw in the set and you could run a lot of the impulse draw and it's like, uh, it makes that good. So maybe you play this with something that cares about dealing damage or something like that. But, um, yeah, what a strange effect, you know? Just mm-hmm. very, very specific. It's very specific in a set where they didn't really give you an obvious chooser to pair it with. Yeah. Uh, all right, next we've got Popular Artist, which is one in red for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have, whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, goad target creature that player controls. So this seems like it is... I mean, it's it's similar to uh, to the Feywild Visitor in that mm-hmm. they're they're going to be going in the same types of decks. You you want it to be a deck that can that really wants to get in um, that is potentially already has access to a fair bit of evasion and which um, also and the reward you get is something that makes future hits more likely to occur. Um, so pretty neat little card. Um, you can kind of figure out where it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Are there any choosers you think might be specifically good with this or? Um, no, I, I mean, I'll get more into that when we get into choosers. I think this is, I think this is generically good. And I think this is something that people like doing. Um, and another thing that I'll mention here about goat is that goat is, pretty good with planeswalkers because it forces players to attack players so mm. even if they want to attack your planeswalker if you go to their flyer let's say or something like that then that flyer isn't hitting whoever you've got like helping you out on your side so um yeah maybe that helps out with that kind of deck at some point so um i don't know do you want to get into this last red card for the day Sure. Uh, the last red background is Street Urchin. One in a red for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have one sacrifice and creature, or sorry, one sacrifice another creature or an artifact. This creature deals one damage to any target. So this is great for a commander that is really interested in having a sack outlet um, or that has... Uh, a lot of token generators, a lot of art, you know, treasure token generators or creature token generators or sack fodder. Uh, and I think there are a couple choosers like that that are already interested in, in running, um, already interested in running sack fodder. And this can be just another way to utilize those types of cards. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. think about Street Urchin? 
Yeah, I think this is just kind of like a good backup plan where you're like, okay, well, I need a sack outlet. I'm always going to have a sack outlet. We're good to go. So, um, again, it kind of does what it says. And if you want to build a deck in red that sacrifices creatures and artifacts, <laughs> this kind of lets you do that. So I am a fan of this and uh, I hope people have fun with it. All right. Uh... We're moving into the green backgrounds. First is Acolyte of Bahamut. This is one in a green for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have the first dragon spell you cast each turn costs two less to cast. So clearly this is uh, intended to support some sort of dragon tribal deck. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It can be a little bit awkward with some of the other, um, some of the choosers that are intended to be dragon tribal. Um, for example, like some of them cost five mana and this won't do anything until you have your commander out. So it wouldn't be until like turn six or something that you're really getting the benefit of this card. And it can also be awkward just if your commander is a dragon, because let's say you have Acolyte of Bahaman out, you play that on turn two, um, or, and then you try to play when your dragon uh, commanders, or you try to play your dragon commander. Uh, that dragon commander won't get the benefit from this because it, you know, wasn't on the battlefield to activate it, and it also counts as your first dragon spell each turn. So you can't like <laughs> play your dragon commander and then play another dragon using the Acoly- the acolyte's cost reduction because it already the the thing that it would apply to already happened yeah Uh, so just a little bit awkward when i um you know i built a dragon tribal list using acolyte of bahamut actually ended up using will um the the cheapest red chooser who is not himself a dragon (laughs) just so i could like get the acolyte online earlier and not have to worry about my commander invalidating the benefit for that turn yeah, so and we'll bring up this again when we talk about Will. <laughs> but yeah. That's pretty funny. He's two mana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, what is the next background we're going to talk about? Yeah, so this one is Cloakwood Hermit. It is three mana, two and a green, and it says commander creatures you own have at the beginning of your end step. If a creature card was put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, create two tapped 1-1 one, one green squirrel creature tokens. Um, I really like this uh, i like that it rewards self mill which is like more prevalent in green now i like that it rewards like kind of aristocrat stuff by giving you more like little donks um i like that if you just get into combat um you might just get some squirrels to cover for you um they are tapped so they can't block but i think this is actually a pretty good background especially if you just want some fodder or uh, have some kind of deck like a uh, crawl death priest type deck that wants to go wide but also sack a bunch of stuff so yeah i think this is cool this is actually a, a pretty rad there, there will be commanders that sacrifice stuff or some choosers that sacrifice stuff on their own and this is a great like one to pair with them to make sure you don't run out of sack fodder yeah this seems um there are there's like a red sack outlet chooser there's a black sack outlet chooser there's a black 
chooser that really cares about having lots of creatures in your graveyard. Mm-hmm. So I think there are some some easy choices when it comes to figuring out where to put in Clark, Clarkwood Hermit. Yeah, and it means we get a new squirrel to- token. So true, true. Get some cool new art. Um, can I read off this next one? Go for it. So this is Hardy Outlander. It's two mana, one and a green. Commander creatures you own have whenever this creature attacks a player. If no opponent has more life than that player, another target creature you control gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is that creature's power. So uh, dethrone 2.0 to give that creature uh, double its power or plus X plus X where X is its power. Um, This is like, (laughs) I mean, this can be pretty big uh, and green has a decent amount of Voltron in it uh and it's gonna help with other pairs so like white green or red green uh commanders that want to hit but again this is just like if your commander wants to hit hard you play this right Mm -hmm. like there i you don't really this isn't giving you value over time this is just i punch big so i think you kind of will figure out where you want to put it (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I agree this is maybe one of the more generic ones if you just have an attacking chooser um, and you want access to green, this is a a decent option. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moving on to the next one. This is Master Chef. It is two and a green for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have. This creature enters the battlefield with an additional plus plus one counter on it. And other creatures you control enter the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on them. So, uh, this is naturally very good for uh, decks that are trying to go wide. Um, it's good for plus one plus one counter decks. There is uh, there's several choosers that that are really interested in this. Um, there's a, a white chooser that adds additional counters when you would, or, or rather has a replacement effect that puts on additional counters when you put counters on things. There's also a commander that really cares about having a certain toughness value, uh, like four or greater. Master Chef is useful for for buffing that one up a little bit. Um, for all of the 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 commanders that um uh, have maybe like a black color identity, like the, the choosers that are black. Uh, this is an option for persist combos. So if you're trying to do mm-hmm. something where you're playing a bunch of persist creatures, you have access to nine of them in a black green color identity. Um, you can use this as a combo piece where you know you just need a sack outlet and a persist creature and this, and that'll gen- generate infinite of whatever the sack outlet provides. So combo pieces in the command zone, always something to to keep in mind. Uh, any last thoughts on Master Chef? Uh, no, I just I think this is actually one of the more applicable ones. Like you said, it just it plus one plus one counters apply to so many things and like affect creatures in so many ways. You can remove them to draw spells and like blue green or draw cards. You can like load up a big army. You can uh, convert them into other resources pretty easily these days. So I I think this one is really cool, and I like that there's going to be a lot of choosers that are Master Chefs. Uh, as their backgrounds that's (laughs) going to be pretty funny to see on the battlefield Mm -hmm. um so we have one more green background and this one is a doozy it's called raised by giants i think this is the most expensive one right um it costs six mana yeah five and a green 
Commander creatures you own have base power and toughness 10-10 and are giants in addition to their other types. So, uh, you know how I said a bunch of stuff about Hardy Outlander where you just kind of want to hit or whatever? Um, and that's that's just Raised by Giant, but like easy mode. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Raised by Giants is just like, okay, now it's a 10-10 coming in and like you really don't need to do much to win at that point this is pretty good if you are dealing like symmetrical damage to creatures because 10 is huge um this is good if you have like draw effects that draw off of power like green gets this is uh it's just good (laughs) this is just pretty funny so if you have a chooser that you're like man i sure do wish i could upgrade this into more uh threatening stats well raised by giants has got your back it's just six mana so just get ready to to deal with that yeah, I think this is a great option for choosers that have evasion because it's so close to getting you to a two-turn clock. Mm-hmm. Um, great choice for ones that uh, honestly just want access to a green color identity and wanted to run like Hunter's Insight anyway. Um, so I, I think this is a, a very useful one, and it has um, some good applications with one of the blue choosers that really wants to have high toughness. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Speaking of choosers, it is time. Do you want to? Do you want to get into some of these new choosy guys? The 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 new crew of modular commanders. Sure. I'll very quickly touch on the last background, which is also the first chooser. Uh, oh, yeah. That is <laughs> that is faceless one. Um, so Faceless One is five mana for a 3-3 legendary enchantment creature background. So it has no creature type. Uh, if Faceless One is your commander, choose a color before the game begins. Faceless One is the chosen color, and it has choose a background. Uh, so this can this is mostly just a limited fixer. It's kind of like the Prismatic Piper was in the original Commander Legends. Uh, so we're not going to spend really any time talking about this, no. but just be aware that it is there. Um, if for some reason you don't want a commander or background with useful abilities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to go hard mode or if you just really care about enchantments, true, um, true. that is then, a possibility. Yeah. Then baseless ones out your back. The art is very good. So maybe that's another reason you want to run it, but none of these have commander applications besides I like it. So we're mm-hmm. going to keep on moving. Um, and do you mind if I read off this, this first guy? Please go ahead. So this is uh, Abdel Adrian Gorion's Ward. So fun fact about this guy, you I think he is your character in the first Baldur's Gate video game. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Um, but uh, what he does, he's a 4-4 human warrior for 5 mana, 4 and a white. Uh, when Abdel enters the battlefield, exile any number of other non-land permanents you control until Abdel leaves the battlefield create a 1-1 white soldier creature token for each permanent exiled this way, and then choose a background. So, um, kind of like a funny O-ring. There's been a few creatures that do stuff like this uh, over the years that you can combo with, and guess what? Now you got one in your command zone. Yes, uh, this is the commander we alluded to earlier when we were talking about Agent of the Iron Throne, but uh, this guy really, really needs a black color identity. Because if you happen to get Abdel in your graveyard and you bring him back with Animate Dead or Dance of the Dead or Necromancy, then here's what's going to happen. So 
Animate dead brings him onto the battlefield. When he enters the battlefield, you can exile any other non-land permanents you control. Uh, when you do until he leaves the battlefield, so you do that to your animate dead. Animate dead has a trigger where, when animate dead leaves the battlefield, you sacrifice the creature you brought back. So you have to sacrifice Abdel, and then when he leaves the battlefield, uh, his ability brings back animate dead, which then can bring him back to the battlefield. So this loop goes on for as long as you want it to. And you can get infinite death triggers, infinite creatures entering the battlefield, infinite con- constellation triggers. And if Agent of the Iron Throne is uh, happens to be your background for Abdel, then that's going to be your win condition. That'll, you'll get infinite Agent of the Iron Throne triggers, and all of your opponents will die. So that <laughs> seems like the best way to build him if you uh, see those two cards in the command zone, then you know exactly what your opponent's up to. Um, and and I guess the other way around is true as well. Like your opponents are going to know not to treat you with the kid gloves. If you bring those two commanders to the table, yeah. but <laughs> certainly seems powerful uh, combos in the command zone are uh, not to be trifled with. So I think that's mm-hmm. probably the best way to build Abdel. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's something that is color agnostic too is because Abdel gives you creature tokens. Like as long as you're exiling two other permanents when he enters, you can use um, Ashnod's altar and the uh, Nim Death Mantle to just go infinite with whatever ETBs those permanents are giving you as well. Because mm-hmm. um, when he. he uh, leaves the battlefield you get two one ones that you can sack for four mana to bring abdel back with the nim death mantle which means that the permanents keep flickering forever so that that's agnostic of color you already have white and abdel so you can kind of splash whatever spicy color you want into that with whatever background you want so i think obviously the black one is the best because you you do end up just killing your opponents <laughs> but mm-hmm. um if let's say there is some other funny build you wanted that's kind of aristocrats like uh, white red aristocrats or something like you are able to do that just going forward so all right uh, moving on to the next chooser this is ellen harbury's busybody three and a white for a two four legendary creature human peasant she has tap, look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the number of tokens you created this turn. Put one of those cards into your hand and the rest on the, the bottom of your library in a random order and choose a background. So uh, there are a couple backgrounds that work pretty well with her that like Feywild Visitor will make tokens. Um, Cloakwood Hermit can also make ter- make tokens if you're getting things into your graveyard. Um, there is also... Uh, inspiring leader which will pump up your tokens pretty well Uh, i think that in terms of colors she wants to be paired with blue works pretty well here once you've got you know as soon as you make just even a couple tokens um then she just has tap kind of draw a card but better and so if you're putting like a Pemenzora on her or freed from the reel you can dig really deep and amass a bunch of cards just for paying one blue mana at a time uh, also, if you're in blue, you have Mind Over Matter, and so you can tap Ellen to get a card into your hand. You can discard that card to untap Ellen. It's pretty much just uh, rummage through your entire library and then eventually find a Thassa's Oracle. Mm-hmm. So that that seems pretty good. Uh, any other good uses for Ellen or, or like colors you would want to play her with? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, 
this is just good card selection in general if you're making like a ton of tokens. So if you're in green, you can very easily go like secure the waste for a decent number, tap Ellen, look for your crater hoof behemoth, <laughs> like win that way. That's pretty easy to do. Um, it's really, really good in Thalys Reverent Medium too. So like not even as a commander, just like in a deck that makes a lot of colors, which kind of ends up being something that our friend Alex has noted here, where this is kind of just like basically an archivist in decks that make tokens at bare minimum, where you're just like drawing an extra card every turn for four mana. Um, but it's a lot more budget friendly than Benny Brax is going to be, being that Benny Brax wasn't really in uh, a set for real. <laughs> you have to open them sometimes in set boosters. So. Um, I think this is pretty cool. I'm glad that White is getting stuff like this. Yeah, keep on moving. Sure. Uh, next, we have a challenging one to pronounce. It is, I believe, Lazel Vlalkith. Oh, my God. Vlakith. I think you did it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Vlakith's Champion. Uh, two and a white for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature, Gith Warrior. If you would put one or more counters on a creature or planeswalker you control or on yourself... Put that many plus one of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. So uh, we mentioned this earlier when we were talking about um, Master Chef. Uh, this is a pretty solid combination if you're just trying to do plus and plus one counter build. Uh, Lazel will provide extra counters. The Chef provides the the seed counters. Um, that seems like a pretty easy direction to take this uh any other good combinations for Vlazel or lazel um <laughs> no i'm actually trying to um parse out the some other notes there on this card i think this is interesting because i i do like this commander i think like a three three that deals with plus one plus one counters or, or loyalty counters and stuff like that um I think that's really cool. Um, I think that people are going to try to do this to do energy stuff, even if that's not necessarily a good idea yet. And I, I, I do support you if you want to do that, but like, you don't, you, there's just not a lot of cards. I'm sorry, especially in white. Um, but like, mm, I don't know. The Super Friends is pretty good with this. So mm -hmm. if you're white something, white has a ton of uh, tutors that look up legendary cards at this point. Um, I can think of like three off the top of my head. There's also support for Planeswalkers and stuff like that. So White X Super Friends list is pretty good. Um, if you use like Dragon Cultist to um, basically pair with this, it's pretty easy to get four fours with like most Gideons get you there. Um, so you're like Lazel. Dragon Cultist combo, um, Planeswalkers, my Planeswalkers hit, and I get 4-4 four, four Flyers to block for my Planeswalkers. Not crazy, and there's a lot of Planeswalkers that can do that pretty easily. If you're using like the red ones, they can just deal direct damage. If you're using the Gideons, you just hit them, because that's what Gideon does. Mm -hmm. um, so, all in all... Uh, I don't know. You can just do a lot. This is like scratching the surface. If you want to use counters, this is great. <laughs> That's kind <laughs> of the the long and short of it. Like there, there's a lot of things you can do with counters, especially when you're getting extra ones every turn. 
Um, it is worth noting um, that she does also trigger off of putting, or, or she is also able to increase counters put on yourself. So if you want to build some sort of white X energy deck, there's something there. If you want to maybe run some like experience counter commanders in the main deck, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you could do that as well. Yeah, so, experience counters are are real, and we're gonna get to a legend that heals. Yes. I think there's only one. I think there's only one. It's a bit odd, but yeah, you know, I'll take it. Okay, uh, uh, I think we can move on to the next white oh, chooser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is <laughs> yeah. Lulu Loyal Hollyfant, uh, three and a white for a three-two legendary creature, Elephant Angel with flying. At the beginning of your end step, if a permanent you controlled left the battlefield this turn. Put a plus and plus one counter on each tapped creature you control, then untap them, and of course choose a background. Uh, so, backgrounds to pair this with. I um, I feel like green is probably going to be the best color mm-hmm. as a for for your background. Um, like when I see untapping my tapped creatures. I'm not that interested in just giving my creatures pseudo vigilance. I really want to be using it to untap something that has some sort of tap activation that is getting me value. So Mm -hmm. green has kind of the easiest answer there. Um, Green's going to give you a bunch of mana dorks so you can tap all your mana dorks on your turn to pay for things. Use Lulu to untap them and then still have a bunch of mana available on your opponent's turns. Mm hmm. And then they can hit later because they're getting big every time that happens. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's funny because a lot of the green backgrounds. So the Cloakwood Hermit, that like when things leave, you get squirrels. Well, those squirrels are tapped. <laughs> <laughs> so they get untapped and get bigger. Hardy Outlander is basically like if you want to go fast and hit pretty hard because you're dealing six, seven, eight every turn going forward. But honestly, like Raised by Giants is just a two turn clock. You go like hit, sack, a like my uh sakura tribe elder to get a land kill you next turn <laughs> like the the play pattern there is easy um is fun so green definitely gives you a lot of stuff um this is a flying attacker and uh means that like things like popular artist or the the one that gives you treasure uh guild artificer um those work pretty well it's pretty easy to get in the red zone um there's like some of the Blue ones, Feywild Visitor keeps giving you tokens that get bigger. Getting a bunch of flyers that keep growing is pretty good. So there's like a lot of things you can do with Lulu, and Lulu is uh, cheap. It's it's well, I, relatively, it's four mana, but mm-hmm. the effect you get is pretty good. So anything with like tap creatures, like Nick said, whether they're mana dorks or like other utility creatures, are pretty fun. Um, this is cooler than it looks when i first saw it it reminded me of Azmira, but like better um where you're doing things that Azmira wants you're like maybe sacking creatures or whatever in green white or something like that uh and or it's like crawl but like worse where you're going wide and putting counters on a bunch of things but very slowly so mm-hmm. i think being somewhere in between those two means that you're actually going to be a pretty fun deck um, oh, also notable treasures do trigger Lulu. So if you are in a color identity that makes treasures, it's pretty easy to um, get this untap and put counters on your guys' trigger every turn. Yeah, um, but it is nice that like I think most decks can run enough things in the mana base, like fetches and stuff, to to get her going. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you have to lean into that too. No, hard. yeah, 
No, yeah, I'm just saying like uh, t- the tokens leaving do trigger um, yeah, Lulu. Yeah. So that the treasure is a token that left the battlefield. It's easy to do it. It wants to do it on its own. So that's another thing to recognize. But Lulu is pretty open-ended. You can pretty much play Lulu with whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right. Are you ready to move on to the last white chooser? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So this is Rasad in Bashir. It is two and a white for a zero three legendary creature human monk. Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. And whenever Rashad in Bashir attacks, if you have the initiative, double the toughness of each creature you control until end of turn. So uh, in terms of backgrounds to pair this with, one stood out as particularly good. Um, so... Dungeon Delver is the one that it's one in a blue and it doubles the room triggers of your dungeons. Mm-hmm. And I think that one would be quite good for this commander, both because uh, blue creatures have a slight edge over the other colors in terms of your their toughness to cost ratio. Um, but also, like, of course, uh, Rasad really wants to be taking the initiative, uh, delving into the Undercity. And so uh dungeon delver is going to give you additional value as you do that uh what but what do you think about rashad any additional additional um thoughts or synergies yeah i mean the big one is that because he deals with taking the initiative like uh, our friend alex has noted that you might want to just jam more of those cards into the main deck um which we'll get into next week but um hitting your opponent is going to just be pretty good. So like uh, if you uh, don't want to dungeon delver, which I agree is probably the best one. The other blue one that works pretty well is sword coast sailor, which just makes it a lot easier for him to get in. Like maybe you're in a meta where there's a lot of board stalls or something like that. Maybe that's slightly better for you. Um, so that's just like another angle you can take on it. Um, uh, that's, I couldn't really think of a lot of good ones. I do like this guy a lot. Um, I think white has enough of these like toughness matter cards at this point to make something interesting. And then going into either blue or green is probably your best bet because the um, toughness ratios are pretty good and they give you more things like assault formation or that one from Ravnica um, or the, the Sahili, not Sahili, the, uh, uh, oh, the Watley. Watley. Yeah, from mm-hmm. War of the Spark that helps out with this kind of thing. So those are fun. But like, honestly, even if you just want to go into red and like get extra combat effects with your white guys with big donks, like that seems fun too. So I, I think Rasad is a really cool card. And mm-hmm. I think the modular toughness matters was a great direction to take this. <laughs> honestly, I think that's really cool. At this point, we're in blue. Do you want to get going on Blue Legends? Sure. Uh, this first one is Alora Mary Thief. Two and a blue for a 3-2 legendary creature halfling rogue. Uh, whenever you attack, up to one target attacking creature can't be blocked this turn. Return that creature to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. And choose a background. So I saw this and to me it looks like it's trying to support ninja. Um, mm-hmm. Like the unblockability is useful of course for those ninjas and then a, a lot of ninjas have the the combat damage trigger but 
uh, don't really have evasion normally. So that part is useful. And then the bounce to hand also allows you to just actually use your ninjutsu more than once per creature per game. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I would probably try to pair this with a black color identity. Um, But I don't know if you have any thoughts for other uses for Alorath. Um, No, I think it's cool that it like enables this kind of like saboteur play style but there weren't really a lot of backgrounds that also supported that because like a lot of the backgrounds want your commander to get in the red zone and yeah she can get in the red zone herself but like it's not as fun (laughs) necessarily as some of the other things you could be doing so i think like um i think there are fun things to do but this is kind of a build your own saboteur blinky commander thing and i think if you want to put those cards in your deck like you now have the ability to do that um because blue is pretty good at all of those effects you got your coastal piracies and a bunch of other things too so um yeah not too much to say about alora i think if you want some saboteur stuff but maybe the ones that have existed aren't in your kind of wheelhouse well now you get to pick and choose what colors you want to play it in absolutely all right moving on to the next chooser we've got gale Waterdeep prodigy it's two and a blue for a one three legendary creature human wizard whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand you may cast up to one target card of the other type from your graveyard if a spell cast from your graveyard this way would be put into your graveyard exile it instead then choose a background uh so uh, this is a really interesting one. It's sort of like a, is it Spellweaver Volute? Is that mm-hmm. the one? Yeah, um, but like a little bit more friendly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what were you thinking of in terms of like colors maybe to pair with it? Yeah. Um, um, so Alex has noted black is very good, specifically the Scion of Halister, which is the first time you draw like at the top two um, background. And I think that's pretty good um, because... There are like it it makes the uh sorcery's timing agnostic. So you, if you cast an instant on someone else's turn, you can cast a sorcery at the same time. So kind of like giving those spells flash. Um one of the things I don't like about this card is that um it's kind of just like Kess, but like worse, where you're getting value from spells in your graveyard, which is something I always love, but you still have to cast the spell. Mm-hmm. So you do have to have a lot of mana, but it's still value. So you're still getting like two for ones plus, depending on what your spells are doing. Um, so I don't know, like to me, like blue green seemed pretty good with Gale, but then you're just kind of in a blue green good stuff <laughs> deck, <laughs> which isn't like super crazy, but you do have all the ramp and you, you can uh like let's say you draw a spell at the end of someone's turn rampant growth at the same time like that's a crazy amount of value that you're getting off of that mm-hmm. um but like then what I'm I don't know it's just like I said it's just kind of ends up being good stuff or with your if you're in black you kind of have a little bit more fun stuff you can do cuz there's like looting and self mill so you could cast an instant at the end of someone's turn to cast in a reanimation spell um and get something back at the end of the turn like using a sorcery or something like that um 
So I do think this is fun. I think the choke point is going to be how much mana you have. Um, but some of the red backgrounds might help with that, giving you like treasure and treasure production. Um, or just being in red to make a bunch of spells that give you mana so you can kind of storm off. Uh, like a mini storm on each person's turn, like casting two spells, which there are cards that care about that. So um, yeah, just a kind of weird guy, like a kind of funny spell slinger um, that I'm excited to see. You know, I'm excited to see what people do. Yeah, I. it should be neat. I'm kind of in agreement with you on this it seems difficult to work with us because you're like you said you, you do require a lot of mana um on it is nice that like you it helps you get extra like cast triggers yeah absolutely so that that's pretty relevant for pretty cool. this kind of deck um but yeah it might probably not the strongest of the spell slinger commanders no um, yeah which which again like whenever they do partners that um are like an archetype that we already have. I would rather them, and and I'm kind of choosing, I'm I'm kind of lumping choosers into that same kind of thing where like they're pretty modular. I am okay if they're not the most powerful at what they do because the modularness means that you can do something and still have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. So okay that Gale is not the most powerful spell slinger commander we've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna move on to the next chooser this is emoan mystic trickster uh two and a blue for a two three legendary creature war or legendary creature human rogue wizard with ward two Uh, at the beginning of your end step if you have the initiative draw a card draw another card if you've completed a dungeon and choose a background um so this is clearly very focused on the initiative and unfortunately it's a little bit difficult to to evaluate right now because as of the time of recording, we've only seen about well, less than half the set. So yeah. I'm not sure exactly how easy it's going to be to uh, get the initiative. In terms of backgrounds I'd want to pair her with, Dungeon Delver is like the best background for synergizing with venturing and um, and just dungeons in general. But maybe as we see more of the set, we'll get a better sense of where the the initiative falls in terms of its color identity. I think it's maybe like a more of a blue black thing. And so maybe you want a black background with MON mm-hmm. uh, just to maximize the number of, of cards that can help you take the initiative. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm ha- just having trouble like figuring out right now with so little information out there. Yeah, I think this is cool because it also helps with your like other dungeons too, like giving you this like it, it's just if you've completed a dungeon, you get the additional cards. Um so that could be any dungeon. It doesn't specifically have to be the Undercity. So if you want to make this like blue white and use some of the Forgotten Realms cards that venture into the dungeon, that's like a pretty fun way to take this and actually use some of those cards that were little bit underpowered um put them all in the deck have a good time so i like emoan i think that even not knowing what's in the set and not knowing what like initiative cards there are like the fact that this gives you a pretty distinct build path for people that honestly like because the blue white legend from forgotten realms really didn't help your dungeon deck you know Mm -hmm. so uh 
the fact that this can kind of help out a little bit and is also adding more cards that deal with dungeons from just the set at large, I think M1 will be fun. It, like, obviously not crazy powerful, but I think fun for people. So that's cool. Yep, uh, I'm on the, the same page. All right, uh, next we have Renari Merchant of Marvels. Re and a blue for a 2-4 legendary creature Dragon Artificer. You may cast dragon spells and artifact spells as though they had flash and choose a background. Uh, so what do you think about Renari? What what colors do you yeah. want to pair with it? Uh, oh man, the tension. So like there are obviously more artifact and dragon synergies in red, but like your options for red backgrounds that help dragons are like guild artificer so you can ramp up to them (laughs) like like i'm not really sure like what i want to play with this guy in red that makes him better um because you're not really you don't want to attack with him he's just a two four for four so not the best so what that means is that i'm i might want something that like actually states dragons and helps out which would mean acolyte of bahamut but then you're in blue green and there's really not a lot of at least green dragons so and blue dragons so having a like blue green dragon list might be fun but if i'm correct it, I, like you I have just less don't. than 20 members like i i don't think it's I think it's, it's a little good. more than 20, but still it's, it's very, very slim picking. Um, I, you get the change it, it's not a good combination. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Yeah. 40 cards that are dragons and blue green. Oh, uh, they're not actually, but, but it's like terrible. how many of those are, are cards you like actually want to put in your deck and maybe like maybe things will change as we see more of this set as i mentioned earlier we only have a fraction of the cards right now um but i just don't i don't think they're gonna print enough like solid blue and green dragons in a single set commander (laughs) playable blue and green dragons to really make this guy worthwhile as as a dragon commander Mm-hmm. I think that maybe you could do something more fun with the flash uh, or, or rather with giving artifacts flash. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like Raph Capuchin, you can probably look at that for some inspiration and maybe you just want to do like Raph, but in a slightly different color identity, like maybe instead of white, you do something you would do red. That could potentially be more fun. Like maybe you, flash in Nev's disc at the end of an opponent's turn. So it untaps and immediately something like that. Um, Oh yeah. Actually like an agent of the shadow thieves with your, um, with your, this guy um, with your Renari and then you can attack. He has death touch and indestructible. And then you Nev's disc. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. There you go. Yeah, so blue, black, flashy artifacts is pretty good. And you can also flash in time save at the end of someone's turn. Yeah, and you can start a combo. You can also uh, make and you could also potentially um, use some of the like blue, black flash enablers that we saw in Ikoria. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like Slither Wisp um, and the, the rogue that makes your spells with flash cheaper. So maybe this is like a 
like I wasn't super pleased with the flash commander we saw. Um, gosh, what it, I think, I guess that was in commander legends one. Um, mm-hmm. so maybe oh, yeah, just the, an alternate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think it was Nimrus. Yeah. Um, but this could be like an alternate commander. Um, if you just want to do flashy artifact stuff, it'd be fun. Yeah. Actually, I think you've talked me up on Renari. I actually think that I like this guy a lot more now. I was focusing very much on the dragons and not the artifacts, but honestly, like the artifact seems like way more <laughs> fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think I like this guy a lot more now. Um, can I read off this next one? Yeah, go for it. So this is, uh, and I'm reading a translation, so this might change at some point, but this is Vol Candlekeep Researcher. Uh, Vol is a 2-3 human wizard for 4 mana, 3 and uh, blue. They have Vigilance and tap, add a number of colorless equal to Vol Candlekeep Researcher's toughness. This mana can't be spent to cast spells from your hand. Uh, And then choose a background. So this is a really interesting one. Um... It, <laughs> do you want to get into it first yeah so val like really really desperately wants at least four toughness preferably five um because that will enable her to combo off with uh umbral mantle or sort of the parans or if she's got five more or more toughness um you can use staff of domination but basically just all these things that require mana to untap a, the a creature uh you can funnel Val's mana into those abilities and generate infinite mana that can't be cast or can't be used to cast spells. Um, but I mean, there there are lots of win conditions that will still work in that scenario. Like you can play a walking ballista and then just use all the mana to pump it up and, and shoot your opponents to death. You can run, I don't know, a helix pinnacle. There, there's plenty of ways to to make it work. Um, yeah, but, the Helix Pinnacle is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the the tricky part is just sort of assembling the combo. There are only a handful of um, of these these engines, these combo pieces that work with her. So blue will get you some artifact tutors. If you choose a black background, then you can also um, you know have access to black tutors to, to find these artifacts. Uh, but it it seems like a pretty solid commander if you want to follow that that combo line. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to make some notes because I um, I was a naughty guy and did not uh, write notes on this guy. <laughs> but our friend Alex did. And Alex had some really good insights onto this. So um, one of them is that Noble Heritage is actually something you might want to use with Vol. So Noble Heritage being the one that if your opponent's take the plus one plus one counters then you have protection from them uh being that vol combos as nick has been saying and uh you're in white you got a lot of combos still uh you can put toughness pretty well and uh they might not be able to interact with you on a pivotal turn like if they're like yeah you know i'll take the counters he 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 i'll attack you next turn well it might be too late at that point <laughs> uh you mm-hmm. also get the equipment tutors to get your like umbral mantles and swords of the parents and whatnot that you might need to start comboing off with ball so white blue seems pretty good there um black is pretty good i think that's something you're talking about though so i don't mm-hmm. necessarily want to say the same thing but just to elaborate more like um agent of the shadow thieves which is pretty good with vol here too um 
is pretty crazy because Val has Vigilant. So you can like curve into Val, like Agent of the Shadow Thieves at three, Val at four, or just cast Agent of the Shadow Thieves when you need it. Uh, attack whoever you need to to get plus one, plus one counter, death touch, and indestructible. And then second main phase, just start going off with your four toughness, um, which is pretty buck wild. Um, and then the last one that Alex noted was a passionate archaeologist, that red one that was kind of stumping us. Blue red gets a lot of impulse draw. Uh, blue red untaps a lot of things. Uh, blue red can cast a lot of things that you've impulse drawn. So having a commander that makes a ton of mana for cards that you've impulse drawn that because they're not in your hand, so you can still use the mana on them. That seems pretty good in dealing a bunch of damage as you're doing it. That doesn't that seems fun. So I think there's a lot of weird build paths for Vol. I think this is like pretty cool. And I think that creative people find a lot of interesting lines to take with this this person. Mm-hmm. Um, right. yeah, moving on this next one, the blue got a lot of cool choosers actually looking at, these. I agree. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, I'll, how about I read them off and you get into them? Is that okay? Sure. So this is Volo itinerant scholar. So this is the mono blue quote, quote Volo, um, that we got in the forgotten realms. This is a two, three human wizard for three, two and a blue. And Volo has, when Volo enters the battlefield, create Volo's journal, a legendary colorless artifact, uh, token with hex proof. And whenever you cast a creature spell, note one of its creature types that hasn't been noted for this artifact. So you <laughs> you you get an artifact token with hex proof that's a checklist uh, that you start writing stuff down on. Mm-hmm. Vola has two, tap, draw a card for each creature type noted for target permanent you control named Volo's Journal uh, and choose a background. Uh, so Volo is a mythic, so you're not going to see him too often because that is a lot of work, but that is so funny. I think this is actually like pretty rad. <laughs> I really like this guy. Yeah, uh, this is a really neat one. I think that honestly, like it doesn't scream the need for like any other color in particular. Um, there yeah, are absolutely. a couple, there are a couple synergistic backgrounds like criminal past because you can potentially draw cards on your opponent's turn by activating below then. Uh, criminal pass gets a little bit more value than just like the straight use case. Um, and of course you're in access to blue. So you also have instant speed card draw little cantrips. Um, so that could be potentially useful, but it doesn't really have huge synergies with um, like Volo's ability. But honestly, like there are um there, any color is going to have a, a really wide variety of creature types to to put on Volo. So it, I guess it's just the matter of where are you going to be able to cast the most creatures most quickly? Mm-hmm. I think maybe like green and that way you have access to mana dorks. So you can ramp a little bit and, and just play more creatures every turn and then refill your hand with Volo. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the direction. But, also, but. something to note, too, with green, we've gotten blue and green have gotten slightly more changelings than the other colors over the years because of mm-hmm. call time. And changelings do trigger Volo's journal every time because you can pick a different creature type like every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, that is something to note. Volo does like changelings at bare minimum because they help him draw cards. Um, so that's pretty cool. So blue green Volo is pretty good. 
But yeah, like you said, there's not really a color you need to be. There's not really a color that's best. It's not like you want to like make copies of Volo's journals because you have to target a Volo's journal each time. So mm-hmm. like you don't really need to mirror box it. It's you're good to go. Um, so yeah, it's just like, what do you want to do? Do you want to untap Volo a bunch of times? Do you want to, uh, play like a funny changeling deck? Like he kind of lets you do it all (laughs) in whatever colors you want. So interesting, a super funny card. And, um, I think a really interesting, uh, like build around because I, I liked old Volo because it forced you to make a deck that was running like just the goofiest things you're like all right here's a yeti i get two of now and here is a horror i get two of now and here is an octopus i got two of them and this one is a very similar flavor but um a little bit more direct you don't need to amass as much mana before you start going off yeah and it is nice that uh you can have some overlap with the creature types like the other volo doesn't work if there's any overlap like oh this one's an elf druid this one's an elf warrior no no good um but this one because you're just noting one of the creature types like it you can have a little bit more overlap than in the other volo list Mm -hmm. yeah so pretty cool um into him and i think if you are ready then we can get into the the black choosers now Yes, uh, let's do it. So starting with Safana Kalimport Assassin, or maybe Kalimport Assassin? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll just take a guess on that. I, don't, uh, I, a, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two and a black for a legendary creature human rogue with menace. At the beginning of your end step, if you have the initiative, create a treasure token. Uh, if you have completed a dungeon, create three treasure tokens instead. Choose a background, and it's a three, two. Uh, so I think we might have uh, hinted at this earlier, but because it references the initiative, um, you probably want to do Dungeon Delver for this one. Like Blue Black appears to be the initiative archetype. Dungeon Delver has strong synergy with that. That's probably the direction you're going to go with this. We'll see how it is. I personally like the yeah. other initiative commander a lot better. Like just drawing a card is a bigger reward than getting a treasure token. Drawing yeah. two cards is I drawn two cards. <laughs> yeah, is drawing two cards is, is a little bit closer to three treasures, but um, still, I I think uh, I'd, I'd go with the other one instead. Yeah, I do think this is fun if like you like getting in the red zone a little bit more, like a three-two menace. You can do some stuff with, um, and I kind of like this for the same reasons I like the other one, where like. Dungeons just help you if you finish the Lost Mine of Fandelver and then you start taking the initiative, like you're still getting three treasures each time. So that's another thing to note here. Uh, there's a lot of black venture cards from the Forgotten Realms. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you in general. I, I think some people will like this and it'll be fun for some people. And uh, I'm happy that that is the case. Um, black has some pretty good treasure things to care about. Um, there's also going to be just generically other things that you could do with this. Like if you street urchin with your commander, you can like sack your treasures, um, mm. get even more treasures. If you have a guild artificer as assuming there's enough, like take the initiative cards in the set to like load in here. And then like 
again, if you if you pair with black, you could like cultist of the absolute to make sure you're getting in there every time and getting your <laughs> treasures. As long as you can like provide the fodder to make sure your commander doesn't die. So, bunch of funny things here. Um, mm-hmm. Just uh, yeah, we're just not sure how good it's it is yet. <laughs> so yeah, I guess uh, can I read off this next commander? Go for it. So, oh, I'm going to have trouble with this one now. It's uh, Saravok Deathbringer is our next chooser. They are a 3-4 human knight uh, for 4 mana, 3 and a black. And I apologize if I read the name wrong. Please tell us if we're reading the names wrong, because I would rather know even if I was wrong when I said it on the podcast. Um, so this is at the beginning of each player's end step. If no permanence left the battlefield this turn, that player loses X life, where X is Saravok's power. Sarah Vox power. Yes. Hmm. I'm Sarah Vox. That is what I will say. Um, so, um, I'm just going to kind of get into it. I think that nightmare lash and last, uh, lash writhe are pretty much like need to plays with this guy, like mm-hmm. taking three, if nothing left your battlefield is nothing, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's not even worth a card, but taking, 10 11 12 mm-hmm. is much more punishing i think that white is probably the best thing to pair with this guy the white backgrounds in particular aren't super crazy i mean you might want to pair it with like honestly noble upbringing or noble heritage for like that funny weird protection thing but you you kind of just want i don't know maybe far traveler you you kind of just want to get people to stop sacking things and white Mm -hmm. also gives you the most ways to do that so like you have the angel of jubilation effect um in white uh hate bears and stuff like that but it's like not a really powerful reward is kind of the thing like stopping someone from having something leave the battlefield to like lose life isn't good unless it's huge like unless it's like I said like 11 damage that they're taking. So I think what we're going to see is that people are going to give him some swords and have a blast like at their friend's house. Mm -hmm. But he's just not really going to be super good at like high powered tables. Yeah. You know, if you were to pair it with white, I figure like, yeah, there's, you know, treasure production and, and some decks run sack outlets, but combat and removal are like the two main ways that permanents leave the battlefield and so maybe you could you try to like prevent combat with peacekeeper or you could oh yeah yeah also silence effects that's another one uh make it hard to do things mm-hmm. so i was thinking of an angle with white where you're like running yeah like peacekeeper you're running silence effects you're running kind of some stacks effects uh and for that reason like blue is fine because you can like counter the wrath that's gonna make people <laughs> like do stuff and, and green you get a bunch of fogs and stuff so i don't know like there are definitely directions to take this guy the question is is the juice worth the squeeze mm, good question i'm also inclined to say probably not yeah so if you're a listener and this guy excites you please send us a list because i would love to see it and see how it plays but i'm not rushing to make this guy so Mm -hmm. um but i would like to see what you end up doing do you go stacks do you just 
play a game and try to counter their ass? Who knows? I don't know. Um, do you want to get into this next guy that is uh, is a little more build path? <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is Shadowheart Dark Justiciar. Uh, it is three in a black for three, four legendary creature, human elf cleric. And it has one black tap, sacrifice another creature, draw X cards where X is that creature's power and choose a background. Uh, so interesting card. Um, I guess I would want to pair it with some sort of color that gives me access to like low cost high power creatures um although like i wonder is is there another color identity other than like red black that would have like ball lightning type effects um Mm. or just big useless creatures to feed to this guy (laughs) (laughs) um black has some big uh big faced creatures too like mm-hmm. some like four one six ones and things like that. So you don't need to go far there. You don't you don't really have to worry about that. Red I think has the most, like you're saying, the ball lightnings and whatever. But I don't know, there's a decent amount of like five fours and stuff in green. There's like the what's the uh deadly insect, the six one trout or whatever it is, or mm-hmm. four one trout and stuff. So green's probably a good way to do it. Green also has a lot of power doubling cards. Um it's gotten just a ton of them. Uh, red red has some too. Um, if you are running, um, oh, what's the red enchantment that makes your guy's power bigger? I can't remember it off the top of my head. Uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember. It's not gratuitous violence, but there's something like that. And and mutagenic. Uh, is that what? Not mutagenic growth. That's the instant. unnatural there's, growth. Unnatural growth. Thank you. Uh, and green helps you out there, so you can draw a bunch of cards. Um, so I think like. Having that, like an Acolyte of Bahamut to um, get like dragons down faster, Master Chef to like generically make things bigger. Um, oh, okay. Those are pretty fine, you know. But I'm wondering um, if you might just be able to get far enough by by just like maybe going mono black and doing like Lash Writhe or Nightmare Lash. Um, oh, absolutely. Just, yeah. Just suiting something up or, or like throwing a a grafted war gear on something mm-hmm. like, I don't think the, the X has to be that big for it to be pretty sweet. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'll get back a blood gas, throw a grafted war gear on it, draw five cards. That's probably good enough, but you know, mostly <laughs> yeah. refilling my hand. No, that's definitely true. I mean, it, and for the same reason, like something that I was thinking about is like inspiring leader. Because all of a sudden, like pretty much any creature you sack to this is good. Like mm-hmm. the bare minimum you're gonna get is probably like three cards for two mana, just sacking anything, and it's probably gonna be more than that. So inspiring leaders the plus two plus two anthem as long as your guy's out. So uh and, and white black has a lot of graveyard synergies, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I think this guy's cool. I think you can use um like a decent amount of things with him and you'll have a good time yeah i don't know do you want to keep moving any last thoughts before we keep going no let's talk about the other black sack out with chooser <laughs> oh uh so this is sivris nightmare speaker or sorry sivris nightmare speaker uh it is three and a black for a three three legendary creature snake cleric warlock 
Uh, it has tap, sacrifice another creature or an artifact. For each opponent, you mill a card, then return that card from your graveyard to your hand unless that player pays three life uh, and choose a background. Yeah, I, I like that this could have been a Naga Wizard Shaman also, and that probably would have gotten the same like vibe across. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad they're sticking with Snake. They they finally chose a lane, it seems like. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Wizards. Like I love Nagas in like lore and like in in uh in stories and stuff like that, but I would prefer my cards to work well together. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Um but yeah, so what what are you thinking like what are good backgrounds? What are good build paths? Um, is it very different from the guy we were just talking about? <laughs> uh, I well, I think it's a lot worse than the guy we just talked about. because yeah. um, like I feel like Shadowheart is pretty much guaranteed to draw like God at least three cards every time you activate him, and Sivris uh can maximum draw three cards. Probably going to get a lot less than that. Mm. Um. You're going to draw all the lands you reveal. No one's going to pay three for those. That's very true. Um, So, I mean, there are some color ident or sorry, some backgrounds that provide sack fodder like Feywild Visitor or Cloakwood Hermit. But honestly, like you're in black, you've got things you can sacrifice relatively easily. Um, Really, there well, I mean... Cloakwood Hermit is nice in that the milling you do with hit from his ability can um, provide you with some value there. Um, yeah, I like Cloakwood Hermit a lot. Yeah, you and there are some synergies with things like Tormod, the Desecrator, or Desecrated Tomb. If your uh, if your opponents do opt to give you a creature out of your graveyard, then or you know if you're just getting the same guy out of your graveyard to sacrifice to Sivirus over and over, those will yeah. trigger a bunch. Um, and then when lands are put in your graveyard, um, if you're in a blue color identity, then pedantic learning will allow you to draw cards. If you're in a green color identity, then the Gitrog monster will do it. So those are some small opportunities for synergy, but like overall, I'm just not in love with what this guy is doing. I just don't like it when my opponents have control over what my cards do. Mm-hmm. And well, personally, like I, I'm going to choose to pay three life rather than give my opponent a good card. They can have a land. Yeah, so I was actually going to ask you, do you like Athreos 1.0? No. Yeah, so I think that's what this is going to come down to, is I think if you are someone who likes Athreos 1.0, you're going to look at this guy and go, oh, fun. And if you are someone like you, who's a little bit more like, no, I'd rather know what my card is going to do, um, then this is going to look negative. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I am somewhere in between. I am kind of coming around on some of those Athreos things just from seeing it played a bunch of times. Um, I'm, it's not, I don't know, just there's so many people for so long, uh, me and Nick have played in like a play group with like pretty experienced players and really creative deck builders and stuff like that. And especially now that like COVID restrictions are letting up as I'm playing with more varied audiences, I'm realizing like how overwhelming a game of commander can be for people. Mm-hmm. And how if you're playing at like a shop and stuff, there's probably someone there that like just isn't aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of there to hang out and see their deck work and whatever. And I think in those metas, like the Athreoses and the Sivirises let people kind of like play more like nuanced magic against people who like aren't 
sure of what's going on. And I, that might sound worse than I mean it to say, because I don't think there's like a right way to play commander or play magic or anything like that. But um, I think like this guy, if you pair it like with a Feywild visitor and you're just making everyone pay life every turn, doing that kind of stuff, like that's the kind of play that like speaks to people. So I can totally see why you don't like this guy. Um, also, he's four mana, so like you don't get going until turn five or turn four with, uh, with ramp or like at least some haste or something like that. So you probably want like your thousand year elixir or something like that to keep moving pretty quick. But um, yeah, I can see why this is not super appealing to to players, and I can also see why it is to some people. But um, did we go over? We did. A, backgrounds all right we can move on to the next guy yeah let's talk about uh oh viconia yeah viconia drow apostate you can uh, marry viconia oh really yeah you can marry viconia in the second Baldur's gate nice. and then everyone hates you because you married a drow <laughs> <laughs> tight uh all right this is two and a black for a two three legendary creature elf cleric at the beginning of your upkeep if there are four or more creature cards in your graveyard return a creature card at random from your graveyard to your hand and choose a background so uh well with scion of halister um you can put some creatures in your graveyard get a slightly better chance of of getting to that four creature card threshold um Let's see there. Uh, you could, uh, other than that, I don't really know what to do with this guy. I <laughs> guess if you got other self mill, you can you can pair it with the the squirrel maker, to mm-hmm. and you'll get some squirrels as you're doing the as you're getting to that Viconia threshold. But yeah, wh- what do you think about it? I think I mean you can the fact that this is so generic means you can pretty much pair it with whatever color you want and like mm-hmm. something will work like you're like oh yes far traveler like oh no my creature that i was trying to get tapped died in combat i guess i'll get it back next turn or something mm-hmm. like not crazy value but like still works um so i i don't really know like what exactly to pair with this i guess like um like you said the black green seems like the most appealing to me and in that case like you could do something like an agent of iron throne or um like you said the um the oh sorry not agent of iron throne that's the black one you could do the master chef you could do the um cloakwood hermit that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but um i mean you could still do red stuff you could street urchin and throw a bunch of stuff really quickly I don't know, dragon cultist. And make some, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. This it's so generic that there's not really a way to build the deck other than put creatures in it. So I feel like put creatures in this deck, choose a background and a color you like and just have at it. And you'll probably have fun. <laughs> yep. I, I think that's probably the direction. Or, well, that's yeah. probably what I do with it. I don't know if there's a ton of direction for this commander. Exactly. So, at this point, do you want to get into these uh, these red choosers? Yes, please. Uh, let's start with Amber Gristle Omal. Uh, it is three and a red for a legendary creature dwarf cleric with haste. Whenever Amber Gristle Omal attacks, you may discard your hand. If you do, draw a card for each player being attacked. Wow, this is... I know, I'm in love. This is a super neat commander. Um, oh, yeah. So just sort of like reading what it wants you to do. Um, clearly, 
you want to empty your hand as soon as possible um, so that to, to like minimize the impact of discarding. Um, God, there's still like not really enough good madness cards to, to no. try to make that do make that get value for you. Yes. Yeah, um, but just like lots of cheap, probably evasive dudes, um, maybe even rituals, like just yeah, things I- that'll, be useful for you and then you can get them out of your hand really quickly um yeah what do you think about her no i mean i can't remember the name of the ritual off the top of my head but there's from dragons of tarkir there's the like three mana instant make a red for each creature that's attacking and then your creatures get fire breathing until end of turn and the mana doesn't Mm. leave or whatever um like that's pretty good all the rituals are good um i love this thing like fuels you if you're low so if you only have one or two cards left who cares pitch them <laughs> draw mm-hmm. some more cards uh wants you to attack has haste um bedlam is your best friend because you don't lose any of your guys uh it's a discard outlet if you're just running instance uh you can like goad a lot of of people i can't remember why i was putting that oh there's just like a lot of things that like can make that happen with the the goad uh background that's what i was talking about sorry mm, everybody gotcha. piece together what i was talking about there's the the <laughs> red background that um like when you uh attack whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage you goad creatures that player controls which makes it very easy to get in there um and because that is true with that background it's also true with like grenzo 2.0 which like when you hit players you can go their creatures just means that you can kind of always let your guys get in there if they have menace if they have flying if they're just evasive um so blue is good because you got all the flying men um i don't know there's again this is very modular and very cool um white is good because you get a bunch of tokens that you don't necessarily care about so like boros refuel your hand every turn seems pretty good to me mm-hmm. <laughs> um there's a lot of stuff so in that case veteran soldier might be the one that i'm i'm picking to get my but if uh, you tokens. do go with yeah, but if you do go with um, blue for the flying men, you can run the Feywild uh, mm-hmm. thing that makes even more flying evasive guys. Feywild yeah, Feywild visitor, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, get some fairy dragons going on. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm very into amber. Very cool, just a good card in general. Like it's going to be good in main deck. It's good as a commander. Uh, hell yeah! Let's move on to the next one, which is Ganax Astral Hunter. It is four and a red for a legendary creature dragon. It has flying. It's a three, four. And whenever Ganax, Astral Hunter, or another dragon enters the battlefield under your control, create a treasure token and choose a background. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so much mana to for that effect. Like the effect is basically like a ramp effect and or combo effect, depending mm-hmm. on what you can do with changelings or dragons. But it's you're starting your game at like like turn five or six or something mm-hmm. like that like absolutely terrible and then like you were saying this is when we were talking about acolyte of bahamut which makes your dragons cost less doesn't actually work with this guy who is a dragon because even though he is a dragon the acolyte of bahamut makes your commander have the line that makes your first dragon spell cost you less so just kind of anti-synergy there even though blue uh red green dragons is an archetype that you might want to play uh, if that is an archetype that you would want to play, I would like highly recommend looking into changelings, and I would highly recommend looking at any of the other <laughs> green things: <laughs> the Master Chef, the Raised by Giants, like 
so that you can hit with your 10-10 flying attacker. Um, honestly, like red-black dragons seems pretty fun because like criminal pass means that you can get in there um, like pretty easily. If they kill your dragons, you can fill up your graveyard and reanimate them. Um, and like a lot of the things kind of help you out there. Like the sign of the Alistair lets you like find your dragons in red black easier and keep your card selection up. Um, so like, there's a lot of, if, I don't know if you want to do this, go ahead. But if you want like red X dragons, I would put money down that there is a better version out there. I guess like we haven't seen like a, no, we've seen Boros dragons. I'm trying to think of a dragons we haven't really seen. Like, uh, we're getting a blue red dragon commander in this set or in the commander decks. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> not really sure what niche this is filling other than limited archetype. So, hmm, not super high on him. Yeah, I'm not in love with him. I think if you want to do treasure things, there's better, com- better commanders for it. If you want to do dragon things, this is also not what i would want to do i I just really don't get the idea of like my five drop commander is gonna make other spells cheaper <laughs> like uh i would much like i honestly doubt this would be as successful as like a a deck that uses like will and acolyte of bahamut because that gets online like on turn three mm-hmm. starting to to really give a significant cost reduction so um Mm, yeah I, I don't love it but you know could be proven wrong maybe there's some cool things to do with it mm-hmm. um but I, I would like to move on to the next commander if you're ready yeah absolutely um do you want to read them off sure this is gut true soul zealot uh two in a red for a legendary creature goblin shaman it's a two two whenever you attack you may sacrifice another creature or an artifact if you do create a four one black skeleton creature token with menace that's tapped and attacking, choose a background. Uh, so, I mean, it's a red commander. That's also a sack outlet. So I would think about like running tr- like, uh, you know, active trees and type effects perhaps. Um, but what do you, what do you think of in terms of like colors to pair this with? Um, backgrounds to pair this with what's what's on your mind yeah i think uh that point the act of treason effects is pretty strong um getting excuses to run those in commander is always fun um it technically has haste because it's whenever like you attack attack yeah Mm -hmm. so you can play like a one or two drop and then play this turn three attack and immediately get a four one menace skeleton Mm -hmm. um which is, you know, I mean, that's not crazy, but like, if you can make that, ha- you you can make that happen pretty consistently. I have a Dargo deck. I understand <laughs> that it's pretty easy to get stuff down those early turns. Um, and for that reason, like Servo Schematic is pretty good in this list, regardless of what other color you put in here. But, um, I mean, a lot. We're gonna keep saying a lot of the same things, like Criminal Past. It's pretty good. Let's you get in there with your creatures. So black has a lot of synergies with sack outlets and sacking things. Cloakwood Hermit gives you squirrels uh, if you're gonna mill yourself. So red green, like self mill or like make a bunch of guys like go wide. Veteran soldiers kind of the same. Um, so you could do like a white thing there. Um, honestly, Feywild Trickster for the same 
our Feywild visitors, uh, again, like making tokens, you can kind of see a theme with a lot of these. But um, the fact that it also works with artifacts means that you can run a bunch of like funny artifacts and some like strionic resonator effects and get a few skeletons. Um, but there's not really, I don't know, there's not really a lot you can do with yeah. this guy. He's like getting a 4 1 every turn is like not it's just the fine. most powerful thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, aha, I did it. My commander made a 4 1. And then your other guy is like, I played three lands and drew three cards and gained three life. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot better than what I was doing. So, yeah, it doesn't seem like the most powerful commander for sure. But um, I think that. That's that's fine. We we've got yeah exactly seven hundred combinations in this set. We can there can yeah, be a couple exactly. duds. Some duds. Um, this next speak- one's not a dud. <laughs> yeah, this one next one is very good. Uh, do you want to read this one off? Sure. Yeah. This is a uh, Carlac Fury of Avernus. Uh, Carlock. Carlac. There's no like accents or anything. So if you like this character, tell me I was wrong uh, and let me know how to say it. Um, but this is a. 5-4 Tiefling Barbarian for 5 mana, 4 and a red. Whenever you attack, if it's the first combat phase of the turn, untap all attacking creatures. They gain first strike until end of turn. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. So, wow, pretty good. Having extra combat in the command zone. Um, it's pretty rare. So, what do you think about this guy? So, there are several commanders that turn this guy... Uh into a two-turn clock, provided you're able to give Karlak haste. Um, so Raised by Giants gives it 10 power, uh, and of course you're hitting twice. That's pretty darn close to a, a, like a one-hit KO. Um, there's also Cultist of the Absolute, so you give it plus three, plus three, flying, death touch, you beat the hell out of your opponents. Um Flaming Fist gives it double strike, so you're hitting four times for five each. Uh, there's a lot of ways to just slaughter your opponents with Garlac. And then, of course, like in terms of what you're doing for the rest of the deck, in addition to like this primary Voltron strategy, uh, it's just great with attack triggers, combat damage triggers. Um, there's a, a lot you can do with it. What, what did you have in mind for potential uses? Um, not a lot. I mean, like there, this is just very (laughs) good. Um, every, the fact that like now there's a modular, like every color can have like an extra combat thing is pretty fun because most colors have spells that are like when you attack or have like attack trigger things and that can build up over time. Obviously red has a lot of them and those are still good here. Uh, but the fact that 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 is now modular is pretty cool. Uh, the big thing is going to be like keeping this guy alive <laughs> mm-hmm. to see the multiple turns because you are going to probably end up attacking with Carlac a few times. Um, so like Flaming Fist is pretty good attacking for like ten. Which one? Wait, okay. Which ones did you say? Uh, Flaming Fist, Cultist of the Absolute, Raised by Giants. Okay, you have said those. Ones. Okay, cool. Sorry, I was like, wait, I don't want to repeat <laughs> the same things twice. Um, so in this regard, like getting um, stuff like I, I, I think this is the third time in a row I've said Feywild Visitor, but like it's super true. 
like getting multiple triggers off of that um is very good so that's pretty good sword coast sailor again like being able to make sure that your commander just is going to get in <laughs> and not die is pretty fun and pretty good um blue gives you also a lot of like extra turns and stuff like that so you can get like multiple triggers with like playing with phases and stuff like that um i don't know i think this card is very good and very fun it's something that like a lot of people like doing um what's the one alex had a note here cultist of the absolute um so if you can maintain a board presence with this you are going to have like an impossible like to deal with in combat commander like an eight seven flying death touch first strike twice in a row that like is kind of a pain to target um it's pretty cool um that's pretty good um uh, and just giving your guys haste is also very good so a crashing drawbridge um there's a lot of ways to give your guys haste this these days so you don't really need to play a fervor you can just play any of those <laughs> other spells and have a good time i'm out of ideas at this point in time for this guy yes is there anything uh, else you want to mention just that i think it's also a very strong card to be putting in the main deck of a lot of aggro lists because it is oh, whenever absolutely. you yeah it's whenever you attack you can just drop it and it's a and like relentless assault plus first strike easy um so I, th I think it's a great card to pick up, even if you're not thinking of running it as a commander. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so got a few more choosers here. Um, this next one is Levon, uh, Cultist mm -hmm. of Tiamat. They are a 1-3 Dragon Shaman for 3 mana, 2 and a red. They have whenever you cast a non-creature spell, target creature gets plus X plus O until end of turn, or X is the spell's mana value. This used to be like our rare creature <laughs> in Shards of Alara. It's like a four mana one one or something, mm -hmm. but now you just get it for free or get it as your commander, you know, not for free. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, how do you feel about this? Uh so seems pretty strong, like very powerful Voltron potential. Um like it's a good com it's it's worth considering with like flaming fist, the double strike granting um background. Because Flaming Fist triggers this, pumps it for three, uh, and then gives it double strike, so you're in for eight without any other help. Um, so that's something to consider. Uh, also, it's pretty powerful with um, with extra combat spells. They tend to be expensive enough that they will hit or that they'll pump this pretty significantly, and then you're getting twice the the hits, twice the power, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, there's yeah just a lot you can do in terms of making this work for Voltron. Uh, I'm tr trying to think if there's any uh, if there's enough like um, really cheap spells that have a high CMC like significant cost reduction. Maybe you could try to run it in blue and and get access to delve stuff like treasure cruise or oh, yeah. dig through time. That could be a potential route for it. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Like casting a a dig through time and giving a creature plus twelve. <laughs> yeah, is pretty cool. Uh, um, and then similarly, in like a blue color identity, like a time warp effect gives is almost. I mean, it buffs it a bunch, and then you are going to have another combat step next turn. So mm. could be something there. I don't know. 
Um, yeah. What's the name of the background that gives evasion? Because that might be what is your in for like giving this guy um, oh, access yeah, to the, blue mana. There's two the that one the blue one that gives evasion is the Sword Coast Sailor. Oh yeah, but there you, you go. You could also run the Criminal Pass to give it menace. Mm. Um, it's not as good because you're not going to have a lot of creatures in your graveyard. Probably being that your main chooser commander deals with non-creature spells so uh, but again like non-creature doesn't specifically mean instants and sorceries so you could like drop some like white like you could play your smothering tithe and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. your commander gets plus four plus oh and like you you don't specifically need to stick to uh spell synergies even though in red those are some of the best things that you're gonna get um, but yeah, blue is definitely adds a lot. I think if you do end up doing the Sword Coast Sailor, you're going to be able to get in there pretty often. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to like think of other pairs other than just four colors with this card. Because um, like, you get fun things to do in every color, but there's not necessarily like a background that's super fun in every color you know like white like i guess i would run like flaming fist (laughs) if i wanted to do that but like because it's not like white white gives you a lot of stuff but like there's just not a lot of backgrounds that really support this kind of style of play which i think is really interesting yeah uh anything else you want to say on levon are you ready to move on to the last red uh chooser uh let's just get to the last red chooser okay uh, yeah. This is Will Blade of Frontiers. He is one in a red for a 1-1 legendary creature human warlock. If you would roll one or more dice, instead roll that many dice plus one and ignore the lowest roll. Whenever you roll one or more dice, put a plus one plus one counter on Will Blade of Frontiers and choose a background. Um, so this one is quite difficult to evaluate because we haven't seen most of the set. Um, I don't really know at this time where the dice rolling is concentrated and how powerful the cards are. I would guess that they are not because (laughs) that was something they, they went out of their way to do for adventures in the forgotten realms. They didn't want tournament tournaments to be decided by dice rolling. Um, So I would expect that it, that like the dice rolling aspect of the card is, is just not, going to be very or or rather the the cards you're going to put in this deck are not going to be super strong um that wizards is probably just not very interested in concentrating power on dice rolling uh so that being said he is the cheapest red uh commander so or cheapest red chooser so if you want to be like me and just um need a red color identity for the background that you're excited to build around uh he's a pretty good choice so i've got a link to my like will and bahamut list the acolyte of bahamut list if you want to just see what a less will centric will deck looks like (laughs) um but i don't know if you have any ideas for what to do with him no i i do like when they print like really like specific commanders like this because like it a like it gives people something to do with those cards even if it's not like crazy powerful um and b like maybe we do get a bunch of like really cool powerful roll dice cards so 
that's interesting if we do end up getting some um i think like one of the really big things about will is just uh if like it seems like they've realized that there is a lot of overlap and like interest between D and magic players so i don't think it's going to be fast i don't think we're gonna get a D set every year but every time we do get some D magic product will is gonna probably get a little bit better well it is worth mentioning it is worth mentioning that um there is going to be a dice rolling uh theme in infinity one of the few cards we've had spoiled mentions dice rolling and is like a reward for dice rolling yeah so that is another product line that can potentially increase his power or like give him new uh new tech yeah we'll we'll see how powerful those cards are still not don't have high hopes yeah so let's get into green so the do you want me to read off this first uh green commander here uh yes please go ahead so uh, this green commander is Aranus Gloomstalker. Uh, they are a 3-3 halfling ranger with death touch for 3 mana, 2 and a green. And this says, whenever Aranus Gloomstalker attacks, return target land card from your graveyard to the battlefield. And you can choose a background. Uh, I like this commander a lot. Um, this is pretty close to like a, a crucible in the command zone. Um yeah. Personally, I would want to pair this with red because red is probably best. It's it's among the best colors for getting uh, cards into your graveyard. So with Aranus and like red rummaging effects, you can really easily set up the land you're going to reanimate with her. Um, Blue has also got some decent um, looting effects. That's another good color to consider adding to this deck. But I, I think uh, it's it just seems like a really fun commander, an alternate take on a land list. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's pretty sweet. And we've got a, a link to a potential Aranus list in the episode description. Yeah, and something just to note is that pretty much every color had a card that was like, when your commander attacks, uh, and all of those backgrounds are good here. So you can kind of make like a lands deck in whatever color you want whether that's like sword coast sailor so that like it's basically unblockable or maybe like flaming fist because double strike death touch is pretty good and you don't have to worry about that and like a white green land deck appeals to you for like some cards that you've always wanted to play or something like i think this is a pretty cool and pretty modular design um Mm -hmm. and i think we could move on to the next one okay let's go for it uh I can read this one off. It is Halson Emerald Archdruid. It's three and a green for a 2-4 legendary creature elf druid. You can pay one until end of turn. Target token you control becomes a green bear creature token with base, power, and toughness 4-4 in addition to its other colors and types. And choose a background. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this seems like a pretty uh sort of like an anthem commander a little bit but um it is worth noting that it is able to target any token so that means non-creature tokens like food or treasure or clues so uh that could determine how you lean with building this because in in some cases you can get those other those non-creature tokens at a better rate than creature tokens Mm -hmm. i'm looking at you food Yes. 
Uh, yes, exactly. So something to keep in mind. Um, it's just does seem like pretty strong. One, one card that, um, works really well with this deck is Druid's repository. Uh, Druid's <laughs> repository is a three mana enchantment. Whenever you, uh, whenever you control tax, you put a counter on it and you can remove a counter for a mana of any color. So the, I, I feel like a big, uh, point, like pain point with this deck is paying the mana to animate your things. And Druid repository just takes care of that on its own. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just refunds you all the mana you spend into it. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, definitely. Um, I kind of like also. Um, there's a bunch. Well, not a bunch, but there are creatures that like make mana for, um, like having four power creatures. So the the first one is um like Leafkin Avenger, which makes a mana for each four power creature that you have. And then there's another. There's the guy that like makes a green, but makes two green when you have a four power guy. Oh, um, there's a couple of those. Uh, Elysian yeah. Caryatid and Whisper of the Wilds. There you go. Yeah. So those are pretty good here too because they end up making like a ton of mana for you. Um, there's a, there's also like um, a Circle of Dreams Druid or oh, like yeah. a flipped Growing Rites of Itlamok because um, mm-hmm. those will also just like reef. You know, you pay a bunch of mana, animate a bunch of things, and then those will. Give you all that mana back. Yeah. Yeah. So I I like this guy a lot more. Like, just even in just green, because a lot of these are in green. Like, fractals are pretty fun to verify. Um, Like, evasive tokens. So, like, fish or fairies, they turn into great four fours. Um, Like, we were saying, like, you can get good rates on, like, food and treasure and stuff like that. And those also make great four fours. Um, There's, like, funny spells like Winds of Qualsema which is a fog, but like, it's a really good fog. If you have a four, four, uh, blessing the frost just becomes playable. If you have a bunch of four, four, so like you animate like four food tokens. Now you're putting plus one, plus one counters on your guys, maybe even Helson himself and drawing like five, six cards plus. So that card becomes really good. Um, last one is like Ovenwald observer is like this really janky six drop from, uh, one of the, I think shadows over in a strat, something like that draws you a card whenever a four toughness creature dies um that's good here too because if your bears happen to kick the bucket while you're in the middle of combat then you're kind of refilling your hand and you might have spent a food token and a mana to draw a card in that exchange so that ends up being pretty good for you mm-hmm. all right uh are you ready to move on to the next one i am yeah absolutely yes okay uh, next, we've got Jahira, Friend of the Forest. She's a 2-3 legendary creature, human elf druid for 2 and a green. Uh, tokens you control have tap, add G, and you get to choose a background. So again, like the uh, the one we just spoke about, um, Jahira gives this bonus to all tokens, not just all creature tokens. So... This is another one where you're going to be looking at clues, food, treasure, even blood for potential options. Uh, I think with this commander, uh, I like red as a as a partner, or rather, I like looking to red for the background. Um, mm-hmm. Guild Artisan will make you two treasures when she attacks, or rather when you attack with your commander. So that is, that's kind of what I'm leaning for. Uh, leaning towards in terms of giving me access to red uh red also has 
a lot of the best treasure generators and, and you can get it at a relatively good rate. Um, so that's, but honestly, like, you know, blue has lots of clue token generators. Uh, black has lots of, of token generators. White has a million token generators. Pretty much any color is going to be fine if you pair it with Jahira. Um, so really you can kind of do anything with her, but yeah, <laughs> uh, she, she seems uh, very, very powerful. Um, you can really uh, kind of explode out of the gate with this commander. And I've got a link to a, a green-red Jahira list in the episode description. Yeah, something to note also is that non-creature tokens basically have haste. Mm-hmm. So if you make some food and stuff like that, they automatically can tap for green. There's like not a lot of good backgrounds for her, honestly. Like I think Guild Artisan, like you said, is pretty good. But um, maybe like Feywild Visitor again or the white one that makes tokens because like I don't really want to attack with my two, three for three in commander. That's like gets outclassed pretty quickly on the board. It's not super safe to attack in. So I'm probably just going to rely on like my other cards to make tokens and ramp into bigger things that either make tokens or do something for me. But you have a deck list. All right. Uh, moving on to the next one. This is Scanos Dragonheart. Four and green for a four, four legendary creature, Dragon Ranger. When Scanos attacks, it gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is the greatest power among other dragons you control and dragon cards in your graveyard and choose a background. So uh, what do you what do you think about Scanos as a commander? I would have hated this guy unless he said that in the graveyard, because mm. like it just would have been like impossible to like really do your thing unless that was there. Uh, is this guy like a good reward for a five drop? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. You know, that sometimes it'd be like that. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, maybe the play is to to pair it with, like, a black background, and then you're trying to, like, entomb a Draco or something, uh, just or just some really high-powered dragon, and, like, get him to Voltron. Because any, like, seven... There's plenty of, like, seven-plus power commanders, and if you give it seven, like plus seven, plus seven, you're very close. I mean, you're at a two turn clock. I think there could be something there, um, but it's mostly like a Voltron deck rather than a dragon deck. It seems like. Yeah. The dragon is just kind of like the, the means to the end. Um, so it, it, in that regard, like any of the red ones are pretty good with your commander, any of those red backgrounds um, in particular, like, um, since you are going to be attacking with your commander, the guild artisan is pretty good. Um, popular artist is pretty good because like, if you do end up getting in there, then you get in there forever. <laughs> so not bad. Um, and then I don't know this, maybe you just want a big mana red green deck and dragon cultist. Like you're going to be hitting for five or more. So you're going to be getting those four fours. So I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I think, Red is probably the best place to put this because you end up with the most like big dragons to put in your list. Mm-hmm. Um, with okay, where are we at? We got a few we're at more. The, oh, we're, the we are at one. the last. Yeah, the last chooser. You want the honor of reading it off? Sure. Yeah, this is uh, someone I mentioned earlier. This is Wilson Refined Grizzly. So Wilson is a 
two two bear warrior for two mana one and a, a green uh, they have the spell can't be countered they have vigilance reach trample and ward two and then you can choose a background clearly this doesn't tell you to do anything with your deck so it's probably going to default to voltron and just sort of going down the voltron checklist uh, it has a form of evasion with reach. It has a form of protection with ward two. Uh, doesn't have haste. Doesn't have a good like power to cost ratio. Uh, so not doing amazing, but you can. I mean, you can sort of try to make up those gaps. Um, at by like if you give it a red background, you can give it haste. Although it's cheap enough that it might not even matter. Uh, you could certainly buff its power a lot. Uh, one thing I just don't love about it is like trample is certainly not the best evasion. You are going to lose damage with that evasion as opposed mm-hmm. to like flying. And then ward like is not really going to stop a, an opponent who really wants to remove Wilson. Yeah, it will stop someone like me who forgets that they have to keep <laughs> two extra mana sometimes. <laughs> but but um, yeah, it's not. It's like ward is an inconvenience. Your opponents have to rely on as opposed to like actual protection yeah it's not a hard stop yeah um but i mean i think there are some cool things i mean obviously like we said all the colors have the like commander attacky things flaming fists sword coast sailors whatever's but um like you i don't know like you could noble heritage on your bear guy is really funny i don't think that's like good but i do think that is something that i will end up seeing before uh the next month is over and we move oh, on yeah. to the next set that's being spoiled. Um, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so that that's pretty good. Um, Blue-green combat stuff is always good. Black has a lot of stuff with this deck. Like your criminal past attacking is pretty good. Your agent of the shadow thieves is really good. Um, the um, cultist of the absolute helps a lot. Just buffing even more. And also, in particular, giving you even more, like, two ward abilities and then flying in death touch. Like, there's just funny things to do here, but it's not, like, particularly powerful. But Ayula is very excited to get probably the most powerful bear ever printed. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) that's pretty funny. Like, a 2-2 with all of these things is, like pretty fantastic for pretty that list pretty, yeah yeah pretty but you're gonna grow your wilson pretty good in Ayula, so that's pretty funny all right uh we have come to the end of the choosers uh all right so what are your final thoughts on backgrounds and especially like how they this x ex- was executed compared to like partners or friends forever some of the previous iterations of this mechanic yeah so i'm gonna start with friends forever because friends forever is like a variant partner in the same way that kind of choose a background is in in but more directly related to partners being that it's two creatures and what they tended to do there was like make each of the partners with friends forever have something to do with artifacts or create artifacts um so that no matter what combination with the exception of like 11 who was very specific which i think was on purpose because she was three color Mm -hmm. um no matter what combination you put together it was going to work and give you a like very specific build direction so i think that was cool with partners we all kind of acknowledged like the first round they kind of messed up because the second round of partners ruled they kind of were doing what they're doing here with backgrounds um where 
they really needed to just create like niche archetypes that you can like add white to. So like a a white enchantress that like you can put other colors into, like a four mana commander in white with partner that like whenever you cast an enchantment, like draw a card or something, you know, like something like that. It would have been like a perfect partner, but instead we got like Thrasios and stuff, you know, like just value <laughs> cards. Or on the opposite end, like Ishai, who like blue white gets bigger and hits like not really a direction to build a deck. Mm-hmm. So the second time around when we saw partners, much better, much more fun, way cooler. I love all this the the newer partners, the two color decks that you can make with them. And I think they took that thinking into this set too. I actually do really like um, a lot of the choosers in particular, the backgrounds, honestly, like I think they did some cool stuff with them, but like uh, they're kind of like, I feel like they're doing this mostly to avoid burnout with partners because one of the things about partners in commander legends was it made the draft archetypes work. You're Mm -hmm. like, ah, yes, I will take this red legend and then i'll take this blue legend oh but blue isn't open so i'll end up taking this black legend and now my deck still works because i have a black and a red partner that i can put together um that's what's going to happen here too uh so um this is a very similar it fixes the draft make sure everyone can get a deck that they want but like doesn't make people panic that they're doing partner stuff i honestly do wish that like like as as fun as it is to have like an enchantment, which is like typically harder to kill, that like partners up with your legendary creature. I, I do just kind of wish some of these were partners, just like appropriately costed partners. Like it is a little unfortunate that like in order to turn on your backgrounds, you have to have both the background and the yeah. legend. Mm-hmm. It just exactly. like really significantly adds to the cost of these things. It'd be nice, yeah. Because mm-hmm. like having a, it's almost like you don't really get the, the, the benefit of having two commanders because you're like it. It doesn't. You can't like cast one because you've been priced out of the other. Like if you get mm-hmm. priced out of your your chooser, then your other your your background is pretty much useless yeah and th- and that's by design so like that's one of the reasons why i do wish that like specifically like the niche ones like agent of the iron throne like this could have just been like a three or four mana creature and like mm-hmm. then we would have had an aristocrats partner and like people could have gone nuts but now like you cast your agent of the iron throne and like at the beginning of your loop they blow up your commander well now like your deck doesn't do anything. So I think that is kind of the last point I wanted to make about like the partner background things is exactly what you just said. Like they're not two you don't have two commanders. You have one commander with like DLC that yeah. you can cast. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like like when you're looking at and evaluating these cards and combinations, like you really can't think of it as like, oh, I'll cast this and cast this because one of your cards doesn't do anything and mm-hmm. then the other card does everything. Um, so, like, yeah, I might make an Abdel uh, list, but, like, it's an Abdel list. It doesn't matter if I have my um, my Agent of the Iron Throne like in the command zone or out already. My deck does not work unless my Abdel is there. Mm-hmm. So, 
like that's kind of how I would kind of urge people to think about them. Like it's cool that you can make these archetypes and things work like this. And it's also one of the reasons that all the backgrounds for the most part are really cheap uh, because like they don't do anything on their Mm -hmm. own. Um, So really, really like when people are looking at this, I really urge people to um, think about them uh, not like partners. They are not going to play like partners. And if you think of them like partners, you're going to have games where you're actively upset. So these are like commander DLCs for your choosers. That's kind of like how I've plugged them in to my brain, like how I'm trying to remember them by. And they look fun. Mm -hmm. So not not trying to diss on them. It's just like uh, because they look really fun. And I think the the legendary creatures that they gave us two to go with them are are also um, pretty unique and like individual. Like the Ellen uh, Harbury's busybody. That's like really cool. even though like we got a few of the initiative commanders like the MON and the black one like that's cool if we get enough of those cards you know so I, I think they did a good job making the decks modular enough to be fun without being super powerful which is kind of exactly where I want commander products like this to be yeah uh I I will like I want to note a couple things that are different between uh from like the chooser background mechanic uh compared to the the friends forever or the partners yeah so one thing that's really notable about these is that uh the way they've chosen to execute it all of the choosers are monocolor all the backgrounds are monocolor so you're never going to get more than two colors in your identity and that's a pretty big contrast to like how partners were originally introduced which is explicitly to give you access to up to four colors um and and of course that has led to a lot of you know i'm playing all like the four best colors in commander and i barely even care about what's in the command zone uh so that's something that they've remedied here i do like that you're you actually have to think about your color identity and and choose on uh on the basis of that and like you are going to be leaving things on the table but that's okay because you can just make a different combination to get access to those cards that that you wouldn't be able to fit into just like a two color deck. So it it like is enabling more archetypes and, and um, for like creating interesting decisions, whereas you don't have the option to, to run just all the colors you want. Um, And that's also, it's interesting that like they, didn't implement this with the friends forever like the friends forever also had very very broad color identities you like with friends forever you got the first ever combination where you could have two commanders covering all five colors yeah. um <laughs> like I, I think that partner command like partner mechanics of some kind are going to just always be a part of commander legends because i don't know if there are any other solutions to make a draft format work where you're not, you know, you're going to commit to one color maybe pretty early and not figure out your other color for a little while. I think this is the only way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And and I don't think that's bad. Like I, I don't, I know that like people are worried about partner overload, but like, I don't think partners are bad. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like you just cost it appropriately. And like, there's, our, there's bigger oopsies in, commander already you know like freed from the real goes infinite with how many commanders at this point like Mm -hmm. like it 
putting in a partner that accidentally is really good with another partner is like not any worse than anything else at this point. So I, I, I know people don't like partners, but I don't actually think, I think the first execution was a mistake. I don't think partners are a mistake. And so I, I am happy if they do another commander legends, whether it's D and D themed or not, and have some kind of mechanic like this or partner itself. Like, I think that's cool. I love modular stuff. I love like being able to be creative. You're correct. I just don't think there's a way to make a draft commander set like this without either like picking your commander ahead of time, like some people do with like uh, commander cubes, mm-hmm. where you're like, all right, draft your commander first, and then we do the draft, or like having partners <laughs> in the pool because mm-hmm. it's the only way to make sure you can play what you want. Yeah. Uh, one one other thing I wanted to highlight, um, just that how like the way that uh choosers and backgrounds are, are different from sort of previous iterations on this mechanic um is there's there, there are more overall like choosers plus backgrounds but there's fewer choosers than there were partners in say commander legends mm-hmm. uh, commander legends had 41 partners but there's only uh 27 i guess 28 if you count the faceless one choosers in this set and that does make it easier to process i think um like it's because really like the the as you mentioned earlier like the chooser is the base unit the chooser is really what you are thinking about the most and the choosers seem to generally be more specific than the backgrounds so like when you are building one of these decks, you're starting with a chooser and then figuring out the right background most of the time. And that just makes it a lot easier to to figure things out and 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 sort of get all this new information into your head. Then it's like there's 41 new partners in this set, plus, like plus the original partners. Yeah. Uh, it, you don't even know where to start with that. Um, and I think that just might, get, might make it more friendly to the players who are getting into this set. Mm-hmm. I think it's also like good for sales of the set too, because it's like, now you don't need to be like, well, I only like that partner and then you only get this. It's like, oh, well, I like these choosers, so I might as well get more partners or like I'm incentivized to draft more, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily bad. But yeah, I'm, I'm uh, interested in getting into the multicolor cards with you on the next episode um and i think people are i'm gonna be excited about what the hell is going on in the main set and the commander deck so there's a lot of content still coming so yeah stay tuned everyone (laughs) yeah Uh, we've got a lot more to cover with regards to commander legends battle for Baldur's gate Uh, but thank you everyone for listening i want to give a brief thank you to our patreon patrons they are Gustav, Ryan, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, Laser, Charlotte, The White Glaze, Hannah, Andy, James, Logan, Roger, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Kyle, Brandon, Kevin, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, John, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Charles, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Jim, Emmanuel, Andrea, Vasilios, Logan, Frugal Brutal, Carl, Oscar, Danny B, Daniel, Iriel, and Jean-Francois. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron, but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at commander theory. And on Twitter, I am at fat Bartleby. You can also email us at commander theory at gmail.com. 
Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Nick Cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud. And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk, pop punk band called The Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, you can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenots.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-E-H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S.bandcamp.com. And check us out. Let me know what you think. Thank you.